0: reboot to the new, y'all tickets are still available for the first half of the j and silent bob reboot roadshow tour in orlando florida chattanooga tennessee durango colorado vancouver british columbia san diego california tucson arizona anaheim california and seattle washington live in one of those cities and want to see the movie with kevin smith and jason muse get your tickets at RebootRoadshow.com. there's also tickets available in 2020 for the second half of the reboot roadshow tour so get to reboot so you don't miss out live in the uk tickets are on sale now for jay and silent bob reboot in november at jay and bob reboot.co.uk be sure to also check out reboot because jay and silent bob reboot is doing a platform release so after the roadshow 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 comes through your town, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot opens in local theaters that Friday. You can find the theaters it's currently playing in by going to RebootRoadshow.com and click the Watch Reboot in Theaters button. There you have it, plenty of ways to see Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Go to RebootRoadshow.com and make it happen, Captain.
1: show do you, you get your laughs from computer radio with this bro scotty moe it's about time to move your shit everybody's progress for that legend kevin smith welcome to podcast i'm kevin smith um okay you know there are people who are talented um People that you like going to work with and stuff like that, because, you know, oh, my God, they're going to do, you know, that magical thing they do. um, Let's say actors, actresses, uh, you know, that you can't number one, memorize dialogue. Number two, uh, bring a performance to uh, to some words that you wrote on a fucking page. So suddenly, you know, that's why I do what I do. I do exactly what I do in life because I love being around actors and actresses. I figured that out a long time ago. Like that's the closest you get to magic, true magic, you know, magic words, you know, they always talked about in fairy tales and shit like that. Say to magic word, there's no such thing as magic words. Closest you get though, is actors or actresses, man. Sometimes they're so fucking good at what they do at make and pretend, which is a, a something the audience can understand at root level why we enjoy it man. like even people that can't act or or whatnot enjoy watching actors and actresses That's why like in, you know in society and civilization they're like the high school fucking rock stars of our world and stuff because everybody can acknowledge like performance because we all used to do it at one point there's an admiration for people who do it professionally who can make a living out of making pretend because the rest of those folks like you know who grew up doing that you know did the same thing that these folks did as children like left it behind a long time ago and you know there's a common thought or common rationale that's like hey man you can't make a living doing this like back in the day you know if you were interested in the arts you had any number of relatives telling you like have something to fall back on and shit because that's that's only for a lucky few and they're, they're right. It's definitely for the few, man. They don't let everybody in. Um, but boy, if you got talent, that makes a big fucking difference. So I think we all love actors and actresses because at a, at the base of it all, we see ourselves, right? That's why anybody's interested in anything, right? There's a rooted self interest and we see in, in a grown up actor or actress's ability to, be somebody completely different to transport us to some fucking magical place, uh, to be so good at the job that you forget, Oh, I just saw this motherfucker in a different movie or something like that. They take you into that world of escape. You know, there's respect for that. There's love for that. You know, there's recognition. There's, there's this thing of like, fuck, you cracked the code. You knew how to do that. Like, I wish I could have figured out how to make pretend for the rest of my life. Fuck. It would have been preferable to be in a postal postal clerk or, fucking being a farmer or fucking you know being a a hedge fund manager and shit like think about it like we don't all do the jobs that other people do in this life except for the job of an actor or actress we all have experience doing that job even if you don't grow up to be an actor and actress when you were a kid you did the exact same fucking thing that's why we appreciate it, you know. Yeah, it's part of escape, and they're usually part of movies and TV shows, which we love and stuff like that. But you know, they give out awards. They'll talk about people who could do great fucking shit and stuff like that. And it's just magic words, right? You take some words on a page, you give it to the right motherfucker, they'll say them in such a way that you're like, I believe this is happening right now. I believe that person is is having these thoughts and spitting them out of their fucking mouth. If if you're like me, you gravitate toward that. I went into a life of show because. I love being around that alchemy, watching like a straight up normal motherfucker take some words on a page and become somebody else and make me believe it and stuff. To the point where you cry over some lies that people are telling right in front of you, but you don't care. You're the sweetest fucking lies in the world and shit. And they'll move you emotionally. That's fucking magic. You know, that is like that is the very definition of magic words, man. That's witchcraft. That's fucking wizardry right there. We don't really have that in the real world. There is no such thing as real magic or anything like that. You know, and fucking what passes for magic is like sleight of hand and stuff. Well, this is like sleight of ear or sleight of mouth. I don't know what actors and actresses do, man, but that's the true magic in this word in this world. Now, you find an actor or actress you like, um, you know if if you're lucky as a filmmaker, you find the the ones who can take your words on a page and make them fucking sing. You know, that's how I always see my job. I write the script, I rehearse the actors, and then I hope to get an on-camera performance from the actors that's as good as the one I heard in my head when I was writing the movie, if not better. That's been my job description on every movie I've ever directed. So that job don't change from movie to movie. What changes is when you work with specific talent. That not only gives you exactly what you're looking for, and then transcends what you're looking for by being so fucking effortless at it. They can also write six more fucking movies on the spot and give you those movies at the same time. Like uh, some people, of course, call it ad libbing, improvising, and stuff. And you'll see, like, uh, on any number of outtake reels and blooper reels on on movies and whatnot, the process of somebody saying something funny on set that breaks everybody up and and everybody stops shooting because it's fun, man. Like, that's one of the reasons I went into the movie business. Watching that shit at the end of Cannonball Run is fucking making movies looks like fucking fun. There's one thing to, like, say something that's funny and break up the cast and the crew and shit. It, you know, if it's something that breaks the fourth wall, or if it's something that breaks the moment, then it's fun for the room, but it's not useful for the editor. And as the guy that directs, who has to edit, you know, you're sitting there going like, oh, we were in the middle of something good and then it stopped because we were all laughing and shit like that. But hey, we're all laughing and we're making a comedy and that's what it's about, all about. And hey, this would be good for the blo- blooper reel anyway. Nothing's wasted, man. You use every part of that buffalo. But at the same time, when you come to appreciate the true masters of their craft are the people that can ad-lib, improvise, come up with six different scripts on your set that are still within the confines of the movie that you're making. That is like getting a free writer, somebody who's so fucking clever that they're ad-libbing within your source material. So number one, they're giving you more choices and shit that you never had on the page. And so like, even if they're in the room, you're doing two or three takes of what's on the page, simply saying something new is going to get a great reaction and catch people's attention and shit like that. And then also if they're saying something new and it's good, Suddenly, you know, you're like, that's, I'm going to get that. That's mine. I, I'm going to get credit for that shit. I'm going to put it in there and whatnot. If you can like keep that shit alive and ad lib within the fucking movie, not only are you giving the director or the editor and the director um, and the writer and everybody who's eventually going to see the movie a fucking gift. Um, you're also entertaining the shit out of the guy who dreamed up the movie in the first place because he's the only one that like has written the words and come up with the world and and all the world is there. Nobody has thought about that world beyond the confines of the script, except for him or her. In my case, me like nobody says, uh, Hey, I'm going to do a draft of your script or anything like that. Of course not. So I know exactly what to expect. And this is the Bible and this, you know, this story will shrink by virtue of the fact that we edit things, but I know every truth there is to know about the story being told. So when somebody fucking talented comes in and just ad libs a whole other movie within your movie, that's about your movie. It's like watching a fan film of the thing you wrote a fan film of the movie that you're making in progress. You appreciate it so much more. It's one thing for somebody to like make some jokes on a set. That's great. It's another thing for somebody to come in and make some jokes that are Jokes your character would say. Jokes that actually extend the fucking plot. Jokes that are within the confines of the story that you're telling. It's fucking thrilling. And I can't mi- think of many people that do it or do it well. Um, off the top of my head, my three fucking favorite. Ben Affleck, very good at this sort of thing. That's why he went on to co-write Good Will Hunting and became a director himself, man. Uh, he's very good at ad-libbing within a fucking scene. Uh, number two, Seth Rogen. Absolute joy to be around on set because he's constantly entertaining you not just with the performance you're looking for, but with 26 other different fucking movies that still work as yours that are equally as fucking funny. But hands down, the absolute fucking master, the dude who like makes me happy to go to work every fucking day, even if I'm working on the weirdest fucking thing I've ever made, is Justin Long. (laughs) Justin Long makes your movie and then ad libs 86 other fucking better versions of your movie and extensions and sequels and fan films within the fucking film and dichotomies of fucking moments. You wrote a simple throwaway line and he'll do five minutes on that fucking line tee off and fucking run with it, it is absolute <laughs> magic to behold. First time I saw it in the real world, like on set in person was on live free or die hard. Uh, I got to see him do it. Uh, in a scene where I was playing a character, The Warlock, and he was playing second fiddle in the movie to the fucking Bruce Willis himself, and that was when I'd meet Bruce Willis for the first time. So there we are on set. Len Wiseman is the director, and i you know i I remember meeting Len at the beginning of the movie when he was casting it. He looked so sprightly and young and happy and healthy and By the time I got to the movie, it was like six, eight months into it, and he told me he had a peptic ulcer, and uh, he looked like he'd aged twenty fucking years. And he was, he looked like he'd come straight out of the nom. Like all that was missing was a necklace of human ears. He looked like he'd been through the shit. And I was like, are you okay? He's like, I'll tell you about it later. Meanwhile, I was getting to meet Bruce Willis. And I was just going nuts. Like, oh shit. And fucking, it was amazing. But Justin was there and Justin rocks into the fucking scene. And we had a script. And, you know, I was fucking following the fucking scripts. I was in a diehard movie. This was amazing and shit. I'm going to be in a Die movie with John McClane himself. There's Bruce, Bruce Willis. Then in the scene, uh, this character uh is bringing, Justin Locke's character is bringing, Fre- I was Freddy the Warlock. I forget Justin's character. He'll tell us in a moment when we finally introduce him. <laughs> but his character is bringing John McClane to the Warlock's fucking lair. I'm a guy, like an online guy, who I can hack into places and shit and so you know the scripted line i think was something like uh hey man it's me and i was like what what are you doing here and shit the line that he fucking bounded into the room with was predicated on what i was wearing they put me in like a fucking uh shirt that they cut the sleeves off of so it presented as a kind of vest affair And i had a fucking beard on and stuff and i was definitely like heavy cab from that point in my life so justin bounds on the set and he goes is that a young, heavy set, bearded Han Solo I see before me? And I fucking died. Just died. He was just making up a way funnier fucking scene, man. And all of a sudden, like I'm I'm laughing like crazy. Um, everyone else is deathly quiet on set. <laughs> like they were all about to get in trouble. Like, like, oh my God. He never, did you ever see that Twilight Zone movie they made years ago? And everyone, the one house where everyone's afraid of the little kid because he's got magic powers. That's what it felt like. Everybody was like scared, but it weren't of, it wasn't of Justin. They were scared of our scene partner who hated, hated ad living, hated it, hate and made a point of saying it uncomfortably so in front of people right then and there in the moment. Don't do that shit. It's not necessary. We got words. And I was like, but that shit was fucking funny. Oh my God, that shit was legit funny. So years later, um, I you know, I, I got to see true talent. I also got to see it tamped down because his co star was like, That ain't what we do here. I spoke to Len Wiseman later on, he filled me in on a bunch of stuff and whatnot. But one of the things that was frustrating for Len too was just like, Justin's a genius, but I can't use them. (laughs) Can't use them the way I wish I could use them. I was like, what a shame. So years later, we're working on, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno and we need somebody to come in and play character. Brandon St. Randy He's a male porn star. (laughs) Like it's a one and done kind of scene. Maybe get two scenes at the high school reunion and shit. So I'd seen the fucking master like, and I was like, Oh my God, let's, Let's get Justin. I'm going to reach out to Justin, see if Justin could do it, man. You know, we had a cool, really cool cast with Seth and Banks and whatnot, and uh, and so Brandon Routh is going to play Bobby Long, the girl that uh, the boy that uh Miri, you know, liked in high school, and was going to try to nail it at the reunion. But then it turns out that Bobby Long is gay, and he's got a boyfriend. His boyfriend is a gay porn star. So, reached out to Justin's people, said, "Hey, man, could Justin come play? We're in Pittsburgh." And they, you know, they were like, yeah, he's, he'd love to. He's coming up. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be fucking dope. Justin shows up Pittsburgh and he's got a really bad chest cold and he's just like, I'm really sick. I can't wait to do this, but I got to be honest with you. I'm like really sick. Like this, it's in my chest, in my head. He's going, so that could be a bad thing or it could be a great thing because I've got this idea. He's going, I watched. Some gay porn is research. Don't ask questions, but I figured I should know. And he's going, and some of them talk way down here. They bring it down here. And so his voice was all fucked up because of the cold and shit. And he's like, if I could play him down here, I think I could really work this voice and make it work for us. I was like, I think that's fucking hysterical as I too have seen some gay porn and I have heard that low voice. So fuck yeah, do it. And thus brilliance was born. One of my favorite fucking moments on on any set up until that point in my life was watching seth rogan and justin long just fucking ad-lib at each other like a couple of dueling wizards <laughs> as in that scene it was a scene that we were supposed to be like you know it was two shot we didn't even do singles and whatnot we were supposed to be like out of it in 20 minutes And we shot that scene for two hours because it was just so much fucking fun. It wasn't because nobody was good or bad or something like that. It wasn't because it was like, oh, people are fucking up. It was like, oh, my God, let's go again. The scene was fantastic. It was a funny scene on paper, but my God, they just fucking elevated it. Um, And one of my favorite deliveries of all time in any movie, and we still say it around this house whenever we reference the state we live in, is California. (laughs) So um the year uh, years after that when i went through something of a fucking mental breakdown and i was like i want to make a movie about a guy who turns another guy into a walrus um guess how many people were interested in that sort of thing <laughs> 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 one thing to watch it nobody wants to put that fucking suit on uh i remember when i wrote it jennifer my wife was just like who's going to play at a walrus? And I was like, good fucking question. She was like, who would want to? And I was like, you'd have to find some unknown or something like that. Like somebody who needs a job or. (laughs) So I sent the script off to Justin and Justin got back in touch with me. I was like, Hey man, read this. Like there's this thing I want to do. And I think you'd be great for it. And Justin got back to me and he was like, it's fucking weird. He's gonna be honest with you. It scares the hell out of me. He's going, and I gave it to my agent and my agent told me not to do this. He said, please don't do this. You're already the apple kid. Don't be the walrus boys. Butt. He's gone. But like the point of this, I think is to like do the things that make you scared. He's going. So like, I don't, it's, a, it's kind of a great part, man. And like, I, I just, I think I want to do it. He's like, but can we come over? Can I come over? And like, we could talk about it, talk about the script. I was like, Oh my God, absolutely. So he comes over and we sit down smoke and we bullshit about the script. And he, Justin's notes were so fucking sharp about the character. He's like, look, you just can't fucking hate him from the start. Otherwise there's no turn for him. Like you won't feel bad for him when he turns into a wall or he's going, And there should be something of a punishment here. Like, He's got to earn what's about to happen to him and stuff. And so the, originally the podcast was like a sex tourist podcast. So Wallace would go like fuck people in foreign lands and come back and tell um, uh, his buddy about it, um, who wound up, of course, being Kelly Joel Osment. But um, the Teddy, that was his name. But then Justin was like, I don't, I don't know, man. He's like, you know, because at the end of the day, what kind of weird message is that? So, like, the dude went to have sex and he got punished for sex. And, like, and but it was, like, playing with, he had the girlfriend at home. So his relationship with Allie, who Genesis played, was even weirder because, like, she liked him and was in love with him. But he was like, all right, I'm going to have sex with somebody now. And she was like, you know, for a podcast? Like, really? Like, but he's the, the podcast, as you saw in the movie, was fucking huge. So Justin was like, I don't know if I can make this guy work that he's going i really feel like he's going like on the internet there's a lot of cruelty like people that like just fucking like somebody they find somebody's weak spot and just really like dig into it so what if like like my guy was like the dude that like went after people like remember the star wars kid he's like how people like destroyed that poor kid and like that kid's life was broken like he's going i just like if my guy was a guy that did more that sort of thing then like then when he you know the hap shit happens to him First, the audience feels good, but then we're going to challenge how the audience feels and stuff. And I was like, that's all fucking good, man. Like, yeah, let me work that in and shit. And because we were talking for hours and we were all blazed and shit. And so I don't think he expected that I remembered anything. And then I handed him the next draft and was just like, I think this is everything. And he was like, oh my God, this, yes, this is great. Yeah, I'm in. And boom, we were off to the races and shit. And, you know, Michael Parks, Uh, God bless him, the the late great departed Michael Parks, uh, was not uh, the easiest actor in the planet to work with. And that is where we're going to talk about today on Spodcast, man. Finally, I get to talk to a character, well, the guy that played the character, the first podcaster in the history of cinema. You go find a movie where there was, I mean, maybe you could point to Pump Up the Volume, but that was independent radio, pirate radio, if I remember correctly. The podcast hadn't been existed yet. Wallace Brighton is, I don't have many firsts in this career. I ain't looking for no fucking Oscars and shit, so don't begrudge me this. But Wallace Brighton is the very first cinematic podcaster in the history of movies. Um, and ironically, that guy... The guy who played the first podcaster in a movie ever had never podcasted and still hadn't podcasted. And years later, now has his own fucking podcast. <laughs> so we can talk to him about a zillion fucking things. But what we're going to do is the start the show on Smodcast and then head over on to his show for the part two of it, man. Um, which he's going to tell you the name of because it escapes me and stuff. I remember hearing the title and thinking like that. Like, I thought I thought it would be something like long <laughs> and ready or whatever. <laughs> but he'll tell us about what that is. Welcome to finally this podcast. Um, the one and only, the inimitable, the greatest talent, honestly, that I've ever fucking worked with.
2: Justin. I don't. If it's possible to have a panic attack uh, due to flattery, then I'm, I, may be the f- I may be the first to have a panic, a, a flattery-induced panic attack. <laughs> All true. Dude, I, I, I don't know That's what to say. That's how I
1: talk about you whenever you're not in the room. I went through so and many waves. And usually that long, 10 minutes long, and people <laughs> like, stare at me like... People must hate me. <laughs> don't get him started on, on long.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can go long on long. It's like airplane they cut over to a guy <laughs> pouring gasoline on <laughs> Oh, did you mention Galaxy Quest? Oh, shit. <laughs> what is
1: the name of your podcast? For uh,
2: it's called Life is Short. And, you know, it's funny you said it because we tried every pun known to man. I mean, Uh-oh. I have a good pun name. Yes. Long. You yes. Know, so, no, none of it worked. Or it was like.
1: It's the telegraph you send to somebody while you're having sex for the first time. <laughs> Just in. Long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe she's the sending that telegram. Yeah. Whoever's receiving. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, you, don't want to narrow. Whoever yeah. is receiving the the insertion. Uh-huh. Uh, just in long. long. And then it's like it's a report and a review. Well, it's a long way to go for that. That's- and that's why you called the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let me sure.
2: We don't have time. We've already wasted so much of it trying to get to <laughs> that punchline. that punchline. Punch <laughs> yeah, life is sure I guess just I think when I turned 40 I just started thinking so much more about Um, what I'm doing with my time and and how I'm spending my time. And you you talk about it better than anyone. It's so funny. I'm talking to you on a podcast and I feel like I'm playing basketball with lebron james or something like it. I, it's true it's true you, all that you were i
1: mean number one you did it so well in the movie because like you have the gift of gab you not only did you uh, fucking kiss the blarney stone <laughs> you fucked it and it
2: <laughs> fucked you <laughs> this is a really this is a scary setup because now after that long like in depth beautifully like eloquent setup what if I just kind of clam up and I don't it's want to see amazing? People are like, "Oh, well, wow! Wow, you really oversold yeah. that." Jesus, uh, well, boy, but- he
1: was the new coke of that episode, wasn't he? <laughs> Shit, it's absolutely but, fucking true. The thanks, um, man. the uh, it's always a joy to go to work, even on Jane and well, likewise, Poole, I was like, "Oh, today, Jennifer." When I left for work that day, she was just like, "Today must be Justin Long day," because I was like, "Yes."
2: Yeah, oh man, a- I feel the same way. I mean, I came in from. It, it, you know, to, to, I'm doing. I was doing this play, and I came down to New Orleans to play again with you and um, do the same character. And it was it wasn't even a question. There wasn't even a part of me that was like, "Ah, oh, there's a pain in the ass." And it was. I mean, it was <clears throat> on paper, it was a pain in the ass to do because I had one day off from this play. And but it never, for a second, felt like that. Tired, going through the airports. It was a joy, and and uh, that's why it's completely reciprocal. But, you know everything you said. I, I it was a thrill
1: you absolutely crushed. But I'm going to take us back real quick just to kind of yeah. do a little bit of life because I do want to dive into this is an excellent time to talk about parks. Ah, uh, yeah. The beginning of that movie because nobody yeah, understands yeah. like the process that 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 I'm, you're going to get more propers and shit because the process. No. of getting that movie made like number one just you saying like fucking yes of course was everything because i knew i was going into battle with the sharpest fucking tools i could like even though it was this fucking like Mm -hmm. this movie that should not fucking work um tusk like the fact that i had you saying yes and like all right then i knew that like the movie's gonna be good it's gonna be bad because it's a weird bad movie but But it's going to be like
2: great like and great DP. I mean, you have such a good crew. I mean, James Laxton, Laxton like, but yeah. I mean,
1: but you need like that performance has to fucking work. You and Parks have this dance, the whole fucking show. But it's your story, and we well, come in through your perspective and stuff. So, like, yeah. if you if you sucked, then it all falls apart. Going into yeah. it though, I was like, oh, we're safe as kittens because Justin won't. Justin will never do something boring. He'll always like make a fucking interesting choice, and. The, for proof of that look at the scene in Tusk where Justin finds out that his legs are his his legs are gone
2: that was, a tough, that was that was a <sighs> tough scene and and I was but, but relish doing it, it um, that was a real when you talk about like wanting to challenge yourself and uh, do things that you're afraid of that was a scary scene because he goes from and it was beautifully written because it was uh, it was about all these kind of silly things, and we were talking about he's laughing at one point, and and the reveal comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. For, it's it's got to come out of the no, nowhere in, in the dialogue too. Uh, so it was really well written. But um, I had to go from barely being able to speak, you know, because I'm coming out of this drug induced thing to Then just dis- that she did even
1: that well, like even the fucking like coming out. Oh, face, you, you sounded like wow. Well, I just accurate.
2: You know I've always had this thing like a like a real fear of um being caught in a f- it's it's really fear you know if it being caught in a in a fake in a moment of dishonesty is is t- terrifying and and I started I didn't get that until I I started acting professionally like I was never that afraid of that in high school or college but when I got around you know guys like Tim Allen and on or, or, yeah, that movie it, there was I was it was a real fear of mine to be caught in a moment of like, I don't, be- you're not, you, you don't believe what you're saying. I don't know if anyone has used Tim Malin as the, I know, I know, but he ever did, before. No, I know. I know maybe Tom, maybe, Hanks? Maybe, maybe, Zach, maybe Zachary, Ty, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> Zachary, Taylor, Thomas. Yeah, I got him right. Don't they all have three names? They're like assassins. Like Lee Harvey. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah yeah but I so anyway but Tim Allen I say because he was the first big movie star st- yeah well,
1: let's go back before we dive into the test let's take it back to the beginning when did you know you wanted to act
2: oh fuck um this is gonna sound really pretentious I, uh but I, I another girl I just talked to an actress who had a similar experience uh and it sounded pretentious to me even though I have the same one I was doing a uh, Neil Simon play called um Bloxy Blues it's a great play and, and in high, just a high school play and, and I I got I remember getting off the stage and somebody said hey, how'd it go? How's the audience or something like that? Which is you know you talk about as soon as you got off the stage, were they laughing? Were they, and he um, said, well, how was the audience? How how was your speech? Because I had this scene. I was played this Jewish soldier who is getting bullied and and he, and he he's cleaning a latrine. It's really like this humiliating experience. And and I I just really felt the story that he was telling. I really related to it. And and so I come off stage and somebody goes, how, how'd it go? You know, how was the audience? And I go. And I had no idea. I just didn't know. I know it wasn't just like a recollection. I just hadn't taken in the audience at all. And um, it was an incredible feeling. I felt like it. Was, it's a, I mean, I could cry thinking about it. It was like the most liberating. I felt like I had done been somebody else. I had. I kind of walked in somebody's shoes, and and and, and it was therapeutic, and it was exciting, and I wanted it that feeling again. You know, I was like, oh, I just want that always. How old were you? um three months i was um <laughs> and this is why i'm right yeah, to life <laughs> <laughs> it's still a placenta on me. <laughs>
1: that baby did amazing things for that because that baby lived
2: <laughs> yeah no i was uh, 15 16 but what you said that is that we, everyone acts i mean everyone does that when they're young i i never thought about that it's really interesting where um,
1: were you young where'd you go uh
2: in connecticut fairfield connecticut so, <laughs> what
1: is that is that money area or
2: um it's it's right next to a city called bridgeport on mm-hmm. one side which is um the first city to go bankrupt i think is that right yeah pt barnum had been the mayor and it was uh i don't think when it, they went bankrupt i don't want to blame pt barnum uh but it was <laughs> there's a second <Zuckerberg> born every minute <laughs> <laughs> and two a minute in bridgeport <laughs> <laughs> they left the second part of that very famous <laughs> statement up <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> oh, you're not from bridgeport uh i he, he um uh oh. Well, fuck smoking. Bridgeport. Where you were well, from- well, well no, I'm saying so. Bridgeport was really poor really decrepit. On the other side was Westport, which is the first city on, on the coast to, to, um, very wealthy. A lot of Westport was, is Westport is Westport money the first area. money area. Like uh, Paul Newman lived there, Jason Robarts, all these, well, a lot of actors, a lot of wealthy, um, old. So we lived, and then Fairfield is in between. So it's it literally bisected by these train tracks. And we weren't poor, but we were on the other side. Mm. You know, we were on the closer to Bridgeport side. Um, my mom was an actress and and she uh, what do you mean an actress well she was usually out of work you know Um, what do you mean where did she um, she she would do commercials every once in a while theater and she did a lot of regional theater so it was in the family yeah I I mean I I I remember going to her plays going to see Noel Coward plays when I was like four or five six when was the first
1: time that you acted
2: Uh, I was a kid and and she was part of this workshop that they needed um, every once in a while they would need a kid like a and I had two brothers and uh, there's one play that we did about uh, Socrates that where we all played his sons, um, and that was the first time, But I, I kind of hated it. I, I, I occasionally have to go on her auditions with her, uh, just in the waiting room. Uh, you know, cause we didn't have a nanny or anything, so we slept around New York, and I hated the way they treated her. I hated the, I hated seeing it. You know, that, that's that what
1: it was, from a kid's point ugh, of view.
2: It's the last thing I wanted to do.
1: Because think about it, for those that you know most people think of actors and actresses as people that get the jobs like oh i know that person they were yeah, exactly because they got the job but exactly. what you don't know is the hundred people yeah I've, and that's being kind thousand people <laughs> yeah the non-chief brodys yes the yeah. ones that missed it and not like the famous people like they almost went out to sterling Hayden, right Brody. but the, just like well, right the average people like it is it's it's a life of rejection was well, she never even I told my kid that when she started out and yeah, that's like, right well you're setting yourself up. i yeah. said look i'll always cast you but if you're trying to get cast out there no, like no. i can't help you and good luck i wouldn't you're tender-hearted and that's a world of rejection i wouldn't want my 99. kid.
2: 99.9 percent no when i when i she saw that i fell in love with it and, and i was dropping out of school to pursue it she was the one of my two parents that was by far the most the like, more emotional like but, don't do don't, do it. It. don't do it are you kidding ca- yeah and and of course I would not good enough no, that's what it was about i saw you in a christmas carol you, you were the least believable son of socrates yeah yeah <coughs> <coughs> there's I didn't no buy, truth in that performance I, whatsoever i didn't buy your accent when you were six um yeah no i they were devastating and, and uh but it's a scary thing right i i wouldn't want my kid to 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 go into it, unless they, I saw that they really loved it. That's the thing. Like, I was
1: okay with their doing it because you know jennifer jennifer wasn't against her doing it she's like, great let her be an actress but yeah. she should go to college first and i'm like but why well yeah because college is like saying go to college first is like telling somebody like have a backup i she know you don't want a backup. <laughs> yeah, like she wants to commit and she's done with high school and look smart to be honest if you don't go to fucking college we are off the hook <laughs> we're gonna shave like easily you can make you can, grand. you can
2: make moose jaws yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um, oh good lord so she 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 loves it but i wonder how much of it because just to hear the the way you wax poetic about actors i've never i mean far more uh i love uh, it's my favorite thing y- to do. well I mean, that's that's n- you established that yes <laughs> I mean, truly in the most <laughs> but
1: that's a, the root honestly like like i like watching shit but i don't watch like reality program why because like and i made one yeah but like i didn't i I watched ours i had to but i mean i don't watch reality and i'm not shitting on it but i'm like well anybody can do quote unquote reality i like when a motherfucker is like i'm someone else
2: i I, do you know what i love about reality and and the reality shows and you mentioned that we all act as as kids i think though i wrote this down i was like please remember people can i mean I, I, all the world's stage right like obviously people continue to act i mean we're all at there's we were just socializing with some people i hadn't met before we're all kind of posing and doing a thing but but if you get to if so so the point so reality tv to me is is a study of bad improv <laughs> you're it, it, absolutely
1: right because they all yeah. know there are cameras playing yeah yeah and, like and, and, that's not, i mean they got to come up with another name for it because you know what reality tv is cops cuz nobody, exactly. nobody exactly understands to catch a, a predator
2: yes. the guy nobody who, understands there's a camera about to happen to them <laughs> by the way you want comedy you watch the to catch a predator it's probably not fun to, to i'm going to get in trouble but the guy who gets caught twice
1: this dude that goes back yeah
2: and now something's wrong <laughs> obviously i mean I, obviously something's wrong but like there's a scar situation on his head so i shouldn't Make fun of it, but it's on the show. We'll trim that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is. But, not- but
2: to truly, I, I was trying to start to interrupt. I was just talking to a, f- uh, a friend of mine who directs a lot of the Friday Night Light episodes, and yeah. I, which I love, a show that I love. And I was like, God, it's so organic. it's was that, and I suspected it was. It was that a lot, a lot of that improv and uh, improvised. And he said M- quite a lot of it, mo- like most of it, like um, uh, Connie Britton and, and Kaya channel they would just be like you know what we got this one and they would do the whole scene and it's fucking brilliant but he said some people weren't great at it and, and they would attempt it and then they'd be like you know stick to the script which is fine some actors can't do it um and and i said well how did you in what way were they bad and he put it in such a good way he said they only played they they said the subtext they constantly set the subtext you know so like Let's give an example uh an example is like oh it's it, we're just having so much fun right now and it's just cool <laughs> yeah you're laughing and that makes me happy <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> you know but like uh whereas you know people or or on the, the case of the bachelor it's 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 a lot of this like what a fun day that was and commenting on what they're doing. And I really like, so then they start saying these crazy things like, I love you, you know, or you, and then they have to top, I love you. Right. So right. then you just to watch the wheels turning, these guys who don't even probably like her right. coming up with this nonsense to me. So it
1: is a kind of acting.
2: It is totally acting. But
1: it's like fun, bad acting. watch. <laughs> yes, yeah. True. Yeah. I like the fun, good acting. Um, yeah, you do. You really do. There's not enough time to watch anything anyway, so it's like I'm going <laughs>
2: to stick to the ones that are fucking I good. do. I do too. Who are, yeah, I do too. So, but so when I was growing up, those were the guys that I I wanted to be like. I remember seeing another big moment for me was seeing Stand By Me uh, f- for the first time. And Who I was Who in that
1: movie did it? For
2: well, you? specifically the scene where River Phoenix talks about the stolen lunch money right. to, to Will Wheaton. And, and I never, I, I, I was so moved by that. Um, and, and I, I was—I I remember thinking, like, God, to be able to do what that my peer—I mean, he was my—what that guy did to me, what a what a an amazing thing. I, I just—I never—I certainly didn't have the the arrogance to think, oh, I could do that one day, right? Um. But but certainly it was what a fantasy that, that was.
1: Did um what did dad do?
2: He's a philosophy professor, so he taught m- medieval philosophy, which was um so a lot of religion and really theology. So oh, he
1: couldn't fucking say anything. He like, <laughs> no, Look, no, he's like,
2: I got into the money job.
1: <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, follow your dreams, because I obviously <laughs> did. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah don't you want something more sensible you,
1: you <laughs> want the just, mercedes whatever you do just don't get into medieval acting because <laughs> fuck <laughs> we've got that covered um so when you told them or what What did you figure it out in high school or college did you go to college i
2: went to college for two years and um where'd you go i went to vassar oh which i love
1: that's a smart kid school it's or a smart kids, school or?
2: well you know i made a lot of um they 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 had a really good little film program. Uh or I think they wanted people in their film program. So I that was where I thought I was gonna go. Uh I made all these claymation I really was really to cl- stop motion and Are you serious? Yeah. I don't know. I've told you that. I made a ton of like little claymation shorts. What was the last time you did it? Um then, back then, college. Yeah, I haven't done it since. And i and I loved it. You should fucking hook up with Seth Green and do a little Yeah. Little you chicken, know, man. I would love that. I I of
1: the fucking of
2: course, you'd be a genius for the voices and stuff, but like... You would just like them shooting. It. Yeah, I bet. Donald Faison's really into that too. Uh, and yeah, I heard Seth talk on a podcast about that. Um, but that's what I thought I was going to do. And, you know. So I, you went to Vassar for film school? Like, not to act? Well, film, I was a philosophy major. You know, again, yeah, nepotism. <laughs> just,
1: apple doesn't fall far from the
2: tree. <laughs> yeah. Dad, I've got I've got theories too. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I was thinking about that when you were talking about actors and, and Harley um i i just wanted to please um, you know i wanted him to be happy and i wanted to be able to relate to him more and um i wonder i was thinking about harley like wanting to be an actress after knowing how much you love actors acting i, I wonder she if she that does. factored i don't uh, think i'm <laughs> like some level <coughs> sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> like,
2: and he died. So, what was Thinking your last word?
1: <laughs> most profound
2: thing? You know, i i had a I had a near death experience where I said the craziest shit, and and I, my brother and I, laughed about it. like that would have been my last. Those were my what last was your words.
1: Death
2: experience. So, well, well, I've had a, I've had a, been many, but I had one. <laughs> You're I was always I was, so healthy. Well, no, no, I was. Um, it was like, yeah, mother, that's my thing. Near death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well don't come on think. my podcast. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. I also directed a movie about a guy in a convenience store Um, (laughs) (laughs) but i i was i i was just um on the street corner in new york i was talking to some friends and we were talking about uh this is how long ago it was hamilton had just come out and i was like oh linman good for and he had got nominated for these tony awards and i was like good for him like god first out of time out of the gate and he gets nominated that's really cool and they said no 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 he's directed something else and it was kind of a hit too and no the so heights or something like that it's uh, the heights yeah and um, and i'm kind of like drifting i tend to like kind of meander when i'm thinking. I, and i kind of drifted into into the street i off the curb i was kind of playing with the side of the curb and i and i go oh so so ah i see so he's no stranger to the tony scene and <laughs> that, within a nanosecond a bus came Th- this close from when i tell you it was close i could you know when you could feel, yeah. i felt it on my hair you know it was like so and you were facing it i was facing so i would have been toward
1: a bus that would have just
2: killed t- 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 it done and it was speeding i mean it hadn't even slowed down from it wasn't coming to a stop i would have been flattened in the most violent way and my last words would have been oh so he's no stranger <laughs> i'm not kidding it's word for word and i've never said <laughs> anything remotely like that in my life and and I, then i imagine them having to tell my parents because eventually somebody <laughs> would be like oh you know when they recover from the like whatever well what, now i want to know the details what what What, the what did he say, what did he, say? He, he and my mother would i don't think people who knew me would be like wait you sure it's yeah. justin we're dying it's almost as like
1: we found him dead with three dicks in his mouth yeah
2: like, ah, well I they, I it'd be know. easier for them to believe <laughs> that i hate to say that about my heterosexuality but it would be easier to believe <laughs> that. like
1: oh we knew it. <laughs> all right so when- sorry how
2: do you remember how do you go back how do you do this it's amazing yeah this part of the fun work well, through it that's why i like
1: smoking weed so i can work through oh interesting because
2: your brain is that fertile you got to give yourself challenges <laughs> just, wow.
1: just to see if it's like you know you yeah. live long enough you start going like let me see if i can do this
2: now yeah and you know some people do shit like i'm gonna climb everest but that seems like you know, well sure. now now you know everest is like have you heard this Did you see that fucking photo <laughs> is that real that yes photo? that's a real photo there's for
1: those who haven't seen it. there's a photo online of a queue <laughs> it's like I've a it line say. to
2: like the early buffet in like south florida to, it's,
1: the, to the top of everest yeah. and there there's 300
2: people they've had
1: a nice patch of clear uh climbing days and oh, so you have is. to climb you have to i think you have to get a permit but they've got 300 people climbing and so there's a backup
2: to get to the top and so like Nuts. when you look
1: at the picture i'm like that'd be good enough for me <laughs> yeah i'm
2: i'm in i'm there
1: you know what i'm saying also but, man, knowing that
2: everyone's going to be doing that like it's not a special thing that's the thing see. it's
1: just like we made it and there's literally 300 people in front of you <laughs> yeah, but the problem yeah. was
2: there's a chorus of we made it, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they all made it
1: um some people died because yeah, they were up there for uh, too long you get altitude are symptoms.
2: we being offensive to the people who died not at all do you some worry people, about that all the time yeah I've,
1: I've got a really good ear for that you do i already know the things oh really this podcast already really um when so when do you decide to go pro and what was the first job did you start um, commercials and shit where yeah, did i see yeah. you first
2: well it, it would have been a voiceover i i i first oof, god damn i so i dropped out i had been no no i took i take a semester off and i'm doing all these um i'm auditioning for as many theater things as i can i didn't have an agent i sent my headshot from like came up this thing you know. with your chin on. oh yeah literally my chin on like chin on your fist, fist. <laughs> uh and like a kind of a cool guy look <laughs>
1: you can tell you're a new podcaster
2: as you do a visual bit right, right, the audience
1: right, to right. <laughs> i look like this yeah. and everyone at home
2: was like what did he look like yeah and then when people saw that picture they were like they looked like this <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like he's he doesn't quite get the hang of this podcast thing.
2: He thinks there are cameras. <laughs> so that's so then I ran into this 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 blind guy, this deaf guy, and let me let me tell you what he did. It was like <laughs> I'm going to quote him. Um so I I just started going on all these auditions um and and I got one and they were called open calls. They were cattle calls, you know. Right. So they'd go, you know treat you like, shit I mean, there was next, next, and then I same got same
1: thing you saw your mom go through,
2: exa- exactly, exactly. I didn't, I didn't even see, yeah, yeah. Uh, weird that I would want to. Did you ever see Chorus Line? No, is that Fosse? Is that about
1: it's no, it's um, but it's Fosse adjacent, but no, you had yeah, to
2: do with it. um, Fosse ish, Fosse ish. No, but no, it's I about didn't.
1: people, like it's about show, people. yeah, like it was conducted. The playwright conducted a bunch of interviews with actors and actresses uh-huh. in the Broadway scene and shit, collected their stories, then built this like show out of it. It's a yeah. really fascinating fucking show, but there are a number I I haven't of seen like that. fucking
2: songs about just, just how s- being picked, demoralized, and, yeah, and yeah. God damn! But I so I um, but I knew that I could fall. This is the thing. It wasn't like. You know, th- I knew I could always just go back to school, it was safe. I mean, mm-hmm. I lived a very in that sense, I was very privileged. I could just go. Well, that didn't work out, so now be philosophy teacher or something. You know, Um although Dad, I did your dad's like just stay out of medieval. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. Aquinas is my terror. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Augustine. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. uh, but I, yeah, I guess I. But, but, that, but no, that's not true. At that point, I didn't know what I would do. I didn't know what else I would do. I wanted it. I just loved doing it. So, but here's the thing I didn't think I would do. I didn't think I would make enough money to be comfortable and to, I didn't think I'd be in movies for sure. I thought, I thought, you know, you best. you you were going to be a commercial actor? Commercials and theater and, and Maybe. I once in a blue moon, I do like an episode of law and order. Maybe. Right. I mean, that was my, that was the I, journey of an actor that I knew growing up. I, I had no delusions of grandeur. I wasn't like, I'm going to admit, you know, I'm going all the way to the top. Right. Baby. I was just like, I want to keep Look being, out, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stand back. Josh Hartnett. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't want to be, I didn't think I would be a star. So, um, and I still don't, you know, which is to say, I just, uh, as I said that, I was like, I don't think of myself that way at all.
1: No, you're a movie star. People have seen you in a movie. You're a movie star.
2: People, I've, you know, but was JT Walsh a movie star? I mean, it's not to compare yeah. myself to JT Walsh. He's fuck like, yeah, brilliant a movie star. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know why it sounds gross to say.
1: I, I don't think like, um, <laughs>
2: let me see. Like, like yeah. I it's think, hard to say I, I think
1: that. honestly, for most people.
2: People who are in movies are movie stars. Well, you know what? People identify. That's the thing. Let's you you can't control be, how people be, uh, identify uh, you. I'll
1: be fucking uh, more liberal with it. Um People who see people in more than one movie. See I, those movies, those people as movie stars. Yeah. And you were in like, you're in a number of fucking things, but like just to pick a blockbuster off the top yeah. of my head, uh galaxy quest and live for your die hard. You know, those are two movies that the whole world has fucking seen multiple times you know what it is I, I hope that makes you a movie
2: star it 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 feels like i i don't feel that way i don't when i think of a movie star i think of somebody who feels differently than i do yes. but also <laughs> but also i just did this play off broadway you don't act like a movie star okay yeah, well yeah i guess it's so it's got such a stigma attached but i i also just did this play off broadway and it was so kind of in a great way bare bones you know we didn't have we all kind of all the guys shared a dressing room there was one bathroom that we so I do these jobs now where it doesn't... I don't feel that. I don't know. To me, movie star still sounds like when I was growing up, Michael J. Fox was a movie star. When I see Michael J. Fox now, I treat him like a movie star. Of course, because he's a movie star. Yeah.
1: It, I mean, that's but you'll never not see him as a movie star. Um, all right. So then what is the job that puts your face in something?
2: Um, it was... So the first few things were... The professional things where I was like, oh, I can... The first thing I got, that got me an agent, was um, uh, I, I they wanted me to test for blues clues. Remember that kid show? But Wait, to replace Steve? To replace Steve.
1: Are you shitting me? Yeah. I almost literally made a no bullshit. I <laughs> oh, made a joke <laughs> six minutes ago when you were talking about the best you saw you could do. Steve. I was going to say, or replace Steve
2: on Bruce Clay. <laughs> did you literally go yeah. in for that? Yeah. And I was just talking to, oh, and Dak Shepard, I did his podcast. Same thing. He also went in? They were going to have it. Not only go in, but I think we both either got really close or we were both about to be the guy. I went in so many times and uh, it was. I got the call like the day before I was to go back to the next semester of college. And they said uh, they offered me a holding deal. Three months. They were going to pay me $15,000, which at the time I was delivering pizzas. I was broke. Uh, I was like, wait, to do nothing? A holding deal is like you just can't audition for other things. I didn't even have an agent. So I wasn't capable. So I was like, Jesus, what's the catch? They said, well, you need... So I knew I needed an agent to help negotiate that contract. I called up a bunch of those old agents. They either said, We don't represent hosts, or, but I always got somebody on the phone once I said, I have this contract I need help with. They were like, One second. Right. So I, I, that's how I got an agent. And, um, and, and, and she was so sweet. She said, She encouraged me not to sign it, not to do the holding deal. And I didn't. Because I was so eager to get out there and audition, I just wanted to be out of the let out of the gates. You know, right, right, right. the thought of having an agent—I knew how t- difficult that was growing up. The fact that I had one that had access to things on film, the fi- auditions—I got I could audition for TV shows. So I turned it down and. About a month later, I got this little part on a, on a uh, show that would later become Ed, and, and it didn't get picked up that year. And the sister of the casting director was casting Galaxy Quest. So I that's how I got that audition. It was lucky for me to even have that. I, so wait, you were on Ed before mm, Galaxy Quest? I did the pilot for, for Ed, and then it got picked up a year later.
1: So then you did the Pile for Ed. Then you were in Galaxy Quest.
2: Then Galaxy Quest. And did a Galaxy Quest come out? And then, Ed? um, yeah, it had come out while Ed was, <coughs> well, the first season of Ed, while it was on.
1: So when you were on Ed, you worked with Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah, Tom Kavanaugh, the best. He is cut from the exact same cloth as you. Oh, wore. Man.
2: I learned a lot. Now from Now what I'm thing. thinking is he, you might be cut from his cloth. I learned a lot from him. He, he was, um, he
1: is. He's a he's Canadian. You uh, on set whenever he because he's in the Flash and so yeah. he's been in, in the th- episodes all three that I've directed. I believe yeah. he's been in, and he's one of my favorite fucking actors, like in any of those. And people, CW just shows. a good guy, too. really yeah. good fucking dude. But By he, the way, that was
2: Rockwell, good guy. That's what he says. He's a good guy. That's a great Rockwell. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, but he had Gavanaugh had nothing but love
2: uh, for you. That was like our
1: one of the first things we kind of talked about was like. <laughs>
2: you guys work together on ed but now that you say it yeah i learned a lot from him because i wasn't in every i got to watch i did a lot of watching and and, um he he taught me a lot you do what he
1: does or vice versa which is like you're the fun person on set oh chattering right up to
2: action (laughs) and then like he goes right into it yeah
1: and, and also but you know
2: like you it makes it better but see i think that helped him sauces it up well like, what i and
1: ad-libs and props
2: what i and i don't always it depends on, on what the scene is but if it's a scene i mean if it's a scene where i'm like having to yeah i just did this show on netflix this bbc netflix thing where i, I have a lot of really intense scenes i'm, I'm kind of fear fearful for my life so a lot of it so the stakes are really high so i had had these like intense and same with like tusk and stuff it's hard i don't like to it joke and, you know, yeah. I, I, cause I, I'm not good enough to then make that term like that. I heard, the, I heard people like DiCaprio. I heard there's savants who can do that, who can like be playing, you know, a Game Boy shows how old i am and um <laughs> and put, or whatever the kids are
0: playing now. i
2: think they've come back so you're oh, right, right. okay playing the new version of game boy right. and and then they put it down and they go right into this really emotional i can't do that yeah so,
1: you were i mean even on tusk it was like during the funny stuff like you had plenty it helps to do but i think that when helps you were in the in the dark stuff yeah
2: you weren't like
1: I'm gonna. Can I test out this weasel thing I came up with? Like, <laughs> no, like you, you, you,
2: you stayed. But, but in it context. helps the lighter stuff, especially for. I mean, yeah. shit with the podcasting stuff, we were like trying so hard to just chit chat and keep the Even ball in It's As
1: simple as like, like we're in. You're in the bar, and you're calling Teddy to tell him that
2: like mm-hmm. the
1: kid like killed himself, so the interview is not going to happen and shit. And you know, it's like a real. It's chaffa to get us to like. You gotta say. Basically, the scene is so that we can hear him tell fucking Teddy that, like, this thing ain't happening. So right. I guess I'm gonna come home, and you know, but it seems like a waste of money just to give a little fucking insight into why he might stay. Yeah. And so then we're shooting that scene, and you know, Justin, it's Justin talking to a phone, so there's nobody to speak to. So. Justin like uses the opportunity to not just make like the standard scripted phone call, but then to like go into this other conversation with Teddy about how horrible Canada is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that help that just helps the rest of it. That helps the stuff that I know, you know, when it's like dialogue that I want to get to because your dialogue I want to get to, uh, it which just is makes also- me
1: cry and not in the way of like he won't get to my dialogue. It makes me cry because it's so
2: fucking funny. Like oh no, but but it helps. Make this scripted stuff just as, you know, I think that's why, uh, um, I don't know what you'd call it, just ramping up into like scripted dialogue with improv is really, it's always hard to um, just start something. My friends and I were talking about this Natalie Portman commercial. Have you seen this where she goes, "Um, and you, what would you do for love? what you haven't seen this no oh shit then we shouldn't talk about it what is she selling she's selling dior it's some perfume or something oh it's a perfume and it's an amazing commercial you know that see song i want to swing yeah. from the chandelier it's that song and natalie portman's so like dynamic it's such a dynamic. It, she's it's incredible and she has this line at the end which on paper is probably the worst line ever written and how do you say this and this is the challenge that i've been pre- i will present to you how do you say this line she has to say And look into the camera and be seductive, a little aggressive, fucking strong, confident. And you, you, what would you do for love? (laughs) I can't do it. I can't get through it. It is so... Just look at somebody and say that. She's brilliant. I know she's done great work. It's incredible. I have not encountered anyone who... I can't think of an actor who could... Who could do that and not? I can't do it without laughing.
1: <laughs> did you see her? She was uh, in the news cycle yesterday or the day before. No. So Moby, the musician, wrote a book. Uh huh. And in the book, a biography of some sort. Oh, I did and I hear guess about in the this. Book, he said, like, me and Madelie Portman dated, and she like and she went said out no. of her way. <laughs> in an interview, started the interview. Oh really? It wasn't brought up to her. Oh, it was just like you could tell. So,
2: what's your movie about? Speaking of Moby,
1: yes, your movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
1: she was loaded from Maryland. She was
2: promoting her first motherfucker. Her new movie. Talk to
1: is going to get an earful about fucking Moby. <laughs> and she was like, it's "I." Funny. He said this, and this ain't true. It's like a kid show. I didn't date him.
2: Oh yeah, she,
1: she's <laughs> going. If, if I remember, she took it a step.
2: Further like, Even back. if I did date Moby, I, I might be.
1: That's what he, well, that was his defense. He goes, well, first, here's what she said. She was like that.
2: She said she didn't date him.
1: Hey, she didn't date him. She's going. Also, I <laughs> remember so this moment as more of a creepy older man oh. hitting on a 16 year old girl. Oh my God. Girl. So she's like, I what? Because he said in the book.
2: That Why is he, he was, talking
1: about this? I have no idea. <laughs> he Maybe. said in the book that she was like just 20 or just 18. And she went out of her way to be like, I was just out of high school. Gross, so I was gross, gross. Even 18 yet. And she's going, I just remember a lot of attention from like a creepy older oh, man or something like God. that. So then he put out a statement. Saying, what? It's crazy <laughs> going like, look, I don't blame her. I probably wouldn't admit to dating me either, but facts are facts. Oh my God. So he just, rather than just go like, oh my God, I miss, you know what, I, did I, I see Natalie Portman? That- <laughs> I met Natalie Dormer and like move on to the next Natalie. That would be better. That would somebody- be much
2: worse. Isn't she an actress? Yes. A younger actress? <laughs> she's, she's another actress, but still. <laughs> I met like, Natalie Wood. It, yeah, it gives you a little time to- Natalie Merchant. Yeah. <laughs>
1: look i wasn't quite sure of her last name but i didn't, i know it was a natalie
2: yeah
1: <laughs> and natalie from the facts of life that's who i meant <laughs> to introduce natalie is natalie tootie fame
2: um oh i didn't know about that that's gross but uh I, I, so I, all right so wait a second um so first thing was galaxy quest yeah galaxy was then, then i just started doing so galaxy um, quest you go to
1: shoot and that's got Oh man, all the stars. But did you work who did you get to work
2: with? <clears throat> well, on the podcast I got to talk to Sam about this about to Rockwell, uh, cuz Sam was the the one guy on that set that I really I didn't have scenes with him, but he really took me under his wing, you know. I I I didn't really I didn't know anyone in LA. I didn't know any other certainly any other actors and um he was the closest to me in age, I guess so he and I just I we just bonded really quickly. So, um he and th- through Sam, I met so many. You know, I we
1: almost him. had him. We almost had Sam Rockwell for LaFour's. I know. Before, oh wait, Depp. Oh, oh, that's right. That's Early right. On that's in the right. Process, that's I was right. like, let's go, like fucking. That's you know, right. Rockwell, man, fucking go. Let's see if he'll do LaFour's. And he I was am. like quasi interested for a minute, but then timing wise, it wasn't good or something like that. Yeah, but it wasn't like a flat out no.
2: Yeah, it was. Oh like, no, oh, he, I can see this. No, he loved Tusk. Uh, I yeah, I didn't tell you that. Um, he's been. <clears throat> he was really supportive, but back then i i didn't know what a great actor he was you know he was just like the guy like my, my, my pal but um but I, but most of my stuff i would say was with tim and sigourney i think i think tim i i had most of my stuff alone you know or with yeah the you're in the bedroom and stuff yeah yeah uh but did i didn't
1: do, do the off camera
2: you know i heard stories about how he kind of learned to do that through was it rickman talk about that yeah. do you did, do you know what i'm talking about that he what oh but, i mean
1: if he's talking to you like you're talking uh, i remember funny your you brought- character's Xander. talking to his character in the movie
2: yeah i'm like did he do um camera for you i believe he did i believe he did but you for know those I did- that don't understand like that'd yeah. be huge because justin working in that scene in oh but bedroom, not not that stuff no 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 that's what I was saying. Oh, no 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 not that stuff yeah it's that i'm would sorry be
1: insanely generous yeah so i have a lot of dialogue on his day off to be like oh my god I'll no intend in- to be on the
2: phone No, i know and i now know that that's what you do <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but, but he was also i i had heard this is what i thought you were going to talk about i had heard that he just didn't know to do things like off camera and sigourney and, and alan rickman were such that he was working with these people he really admired like really respected but they were all theater actors and and theater actors you just stay so he and you're, you're there for each other, you know, it's all collaborative. And, and I, I don't think it was as much he was a, a big shot, he just didn't know, right? So, at one point, he so he's st- according to some of those actors, he would leave, you know, and um, he would leave when he was done with his coverage or his stuff. Uh, and he had to learn, he saw he witnessed through Alan and Sigourney, like, oh no, you, st- you st-. so that he did end up like staying for the other actors, Sticking around yeah, uh, yeah. I, I bet you, I mean, if you're shooting like three camera on television, there's yeah, not a lot of off camera and i think even those those santa claus movies like the, the movies he had done he had been such the star right. that he didn't he hadn't been around people his like kind of on his level um when that movie this is dean paraso dean paraso oh, such a great guy he everyone always says God, he's a real sweet the dude. nicest the nicest and but i remember he got um the first scene i did <clears throat> outside of the bedroom. Uh, was was at the Palladium when we shot that stuff at the end when when the uh, spaceship crashes into the stage and um, it was a, it was a crane shot and this is a first all these are first for me like first scene with a lot of extras and background actors and crane shots and sound effect you know special effects so um, the other a- the other background actors saw that I was green you know and Dean the director had instructed me okay this is don't you just run through the crowd get up to the stage and we're going to call cut because that's when the crane gets the time. easy shot i mean for me and uh okay i got it. and the other the other some of the background actors one one guy approached me and he goes hey hey what if um what if we're like friends you know and uh in the scene you know and and i'm like your buddy and and we have like a little like high moment like a high five and i'm like I go, oh, oh okay and then as soon as the other actors saw that they like descended on me <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: and another was like okay yeah hey and what, what if we're also friends and we do like a thing and we, we have this and, oh okay yeah and then and what are our things? so i'm taking notes now and I'm trying to remember all these little bits that I have with these other actors. It's You know, I'd only worked mostly in plays so you just collaborate with the other actors. So they go, action, the crane goes up and I start running through and I'm high-fiving and I'm doing, punching, like, doing, like, turning around, doing little dances with these guys and finally get up to the stage and Mm -hmm. Dean goes, cut. He goes, Jeff Cott justin what's going on what are you doing he goes, what do you mean he goes what's with all the business all the like things you're doing it's taking you forever to get to the stage <laughs> and i said oh well we just worked out a thing and i turned around and everyone was gone you know all the other background actors yeah so so dean pulls me aside and goes this is gonna sound terrible but um don't talk to the extras <laughs> because you're going to learn this one. And it did sound awful. I remember thinking like, oh, that's a shitty thing to say. And, um, but you know, there was, and I don't think there's a total truth to that, but, but
1: there's, I mean, the thing is in production, that's
2: people like want to be seen and yes. want to be on. Yes. And
1: a, the AD's job is to deal with the background. They don't even let the director deal with the background. Right. Oh I think yeah. It's a SAG thing or something yeah. like that. But, uh, because the moment a director or the director Talks to the background and says, Oh, I need you to. Then they're no longer background. All right. They're oh, featured. that's right. They got to pay them more. Yeah. So, generally, there's a layer for that reason alone, uh-huh. which is always frustrating to me because I'm like, You'd well, want to. I mean, to. if they're in my frame, I yeah. would like to, you know? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's also thrilling as the filmmaker because the AD department is always making a movie behind your movie uh-huh. that you get as the editor. I discover while I'm cutting the movie, I'm like, oh, oh,
2: they had, oh, they had their this. own, yeah. Oh, they did this. Oh, oh well, interesting, sweet interesting. Stuff.
1: Um, all right, so what happened with the? Were was there going to be a show?
2: There was, yeah, Amazon on Amazon, show? I think they had uh, seven, eight, nine episodes, and um, yeah, everyone was set to do it. Alan, Alan didn't think he was as sick, you know, as as he was, so he, but he knew he was sick. So I think the I think the plan was to write. Him, they'd written him out of the first episode, but he was going to be in every subsequent episode. Um, um the huge fucking loss uh, there.
1: I would have, lo- I mean, uh, I would he... love to watch that, that fucking show, but also to see him like do it, do
2: that character eight or nine times. I know. He, you know, he did was another you, guy. On, did you know him he, on Galaxy Quest? He, uh, I, I, he went the most nuts at the rap party I remember. He was dancing and getting everyone to dance he was out of his mind <laughs> i had not seen that side of him i only only seen the dry british right um and i knew him only a little bit but he was so kind to me and then i i i, I was re- entering a play that he was just leaving i was replacing somebody and somebody was replacing him oh get out of in here. the play and and uh and so i had seen him do it and i was around him a little bit there and he wrote me a note for op- my opening night and um i opened this envelope and it was this card. That uh, had a beautiful like sunset on it, and in, in tiny little cursive like ornate letters, it just said "fuck you."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was the best. He wasn't he had no <laughs> pretensions, you know. For like a British r- thespian, he had no. He was so fucking cool. He was absolute joy. Take the piss.
1: Um, the uh, you guys both <sighs> were in a diehard. <laughs>
2: He was in the first. He told Rockwell a really good Die Hard story th- to help it when Sam was doing Charlie's Angels. He t- talked about this on on uh, yeah. He he said um, he said you, you know because uh, he was Sam was talking about this bad guy he was playing and he said how did you do it? And he said you know. You, you don't want to you want to basically do as little as possible you don't want them to see you nervous you don't want to, and sam was like okay what do you mean because he was having trouble with this one scene and he, he was like don't expend all the energy you know and he, and he goes well, okay he goes like i i, I shot and die hard i shot a guy then i ate a sandwich and sam totally used that for charlie's angel he would start eating you know doing you do things casually you do things that are um that to, to, to I mean, it's it's that much greater uh, an indicator that you're like a fucking psychopath, right? If you I mean, can yeah. eat a. Sa- I thought that was such a good lesson, you know, yeah, and and one that who's going to teach you that, and, unless, except somebody the great Hans, who's done it, Hans Gruber, it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly, the guy <laughs> exactly. who's like, I, t- I mean,
2: and this <laughs> who like, took thing, it to a whole new level, and that's with what people casual, don't bad guy or,
1: or appreciate because they've now seen thirty years of yeah. of the intelligent bad guy, exactly. But, like, d- Alan Rickman created mm.
2: that. They used to be erudite bad guy
1: who was who you like almost as much, if not more,
2: than the good guy. It's charming. Yeah, we're like, Charming bad guy.
1: Um the good the bad guy that makes the good guy look bad. Yeah. (laughs) I mean it was just good news. And that humanized Bruce.
2: Yeah. It's good news
1: that Bruce was as charismatic as he was when they made that movie because he was up against and I'm sure he didn't realize this when he got cast. And I'm sure they didn't realize this when they cast Alan, but he was up against the most charismatic bad guy yeah, of all time. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't think. Of, I mean, some people be like Hannibal Lecter. I mean, no, Hannibal Lecter definitely He's in the chilling. top fucking five. Yeah. But like that performance in Die Hard broke, created a mold, broke it. Yeah. And very few, it's like sexy almost. Yeah. Oh, it just, yeah. It's it's a thing of wonder. Yeah. Like and, I and went so to that movie to see Bruce Willis, and I walked out talking about but Alan
2: Rickman. but do you, know, do you know how much confidence you need in your your connection to the truth that's how good of an actor you'd have to be you'd have to be so fucking confident that i know what i'm doing i'm feeling this real thing and i know that it's strong and it's true and i'm present and i want to i'm going to kill this guy but to trust that other people don't need the bells and whistles like before you shoot something that that is like balls yeah that's Balls he to not be like, mm, I'm going to get this guy, you know, and to chew the scenery a little bit. It, it it, it and, it.
1: and it's funny because he's coming from a theater background where, yeah. in order for the back row to see the performance, exactly. you have to do something Oh my big. God. You're oh trained God. to be even bigger. And so to come into that
2: movie yeah. and underplay yeah. it, you know, play it's it. Fucking it. balls. Charming. Oh, it was great.
1: Um, all right. So wait. The After Galaxy Quest, was it. When did Accepted happen?
2: Uh, About five, uh, five years later. Accepted was um was that a reward for something
1: why do you get the lead um it was
2: i had done a a, a couple movies at universal or maybe just one i'd done the breakup and universal
1: you were in the breakup yeah, with the Vince
2: Vaughn. Yeah, Vince. So I did. So when Jeepers, the bigger ones were Jeepers, great. But it was really Sorry, do, it Creepy. was Dodgeball, really that that allowed me to keep doing these bigger comedies. I, it's Dodgeball. I meant Vince. Vince, you know, was, was became very supportive. Um, and then and as did Fox. Dodgeball was fine. I mean, so all these things just started happening, and like, um, it, but it was, uh, I would accepted was kind of the we like this guy we have we have this movie that you know it wasn't like oh they didn't make the movie because i me, you know it was nothing like that it, it wasn't was, like what do you want to do and <laughs> you're like this no 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 but i think they because i remember like did you have the auditions? i did time? i auditioned with shia labouf and who i think is an incredible actor and i but was much younger than me right um so, probably
1: still I was right off even stevens at that point
2: he was young as was this other guy nick nicholas holt and yeah, we went on to become a bit, yeah, a big, beast. like the beast. Yeah. yeah. In Tolkien. and huge. He He's a movie star, <laughs> uh, but he was much younger too. I remember thinking, Oh, I- you know, it just depends on which way they're going to go. Like the authentic, like, right. you Somebody know, it looks like they could be. In I was like 27. Is that know? what you were? Yeah. Yeah. Blake Lively had just turned 18. It was weird to the point where it was like, kind of weird. Wait, and, so was she your romantic? Yeah. Yeah. And, and oh, age, like, that's, I, I that's like some Moby shit. That's yeah, you're significant. Like, you're like, look, there's acting and then there's, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> for me. Yeah. And, and you know what made it worse is that she, we went to her birthday party when she turned 18 and and it was like, (laughs) Hello Hello Kitty. Well, close. Close. It was like a Willy Wonka, like Candyland, Candyland. It was like candy themed. And she was so sweet. And like, I fucking love Blake. She was, (laughs) and she she like, my impression of whenever I do it, she goes, oh, she goes, I don't sound like that. and I go, I don't sound like that. Um, But she, she, she was like, thank you for coming guys. She was so innocent. She was such a kid, you know. Did you guys kiss in that movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, did you con- did you talk to your lawyer first? Like, am I allowed
2: to? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> kiss a minor? shit. You know, I remember that had. I think she had turned eighteen technically. That yeah, time. of course, but it was like, is that that's still? It's just a weird. It's. So, I, I mean, yeah. It's was how old was Jonah? Jonah was younger than me, but. Uh, Were well, you the oldest person. In the yeah, class. I was old. i was 27 playing this college freshman. <laughs> like we got a 30 year old guy. <laughs> That's nuts to it's, play our romantic league. It's nuts. He was it was a so dodgeball. Fun. Well, but I got to do like a because I grew up loving Michael J. Fox, and that was like my homage to, to Michael J. Fox. Yeah, because he played that guy so well. That,
1: that um, darn, what was what was dodgeball? Uh, what was Ben Stiller like?
2: Uh, <clears throat> I would show up on set. I would watch just to watch him do that part because that part he was so. Fucking funny! Uh, I loved watching him do it. Um, <clears throat> he was nice. He was really uh to me. He was really kind to me. Um, he was serious about that part, which re- really made me. I mean, they'd break up and stuff, but he was. I don't know, man. To me, he he was a guy I wanted to be like, you know. Yeah, right, and right. so I grew. And another guy that I was like, I can't believe I'm around you. I can't believe I'm breathing the same air. <clears throat> and, and so there was that fear that I was talking about of like, I just. I want to crush it every time. I want to do the best. If I look back at this, if if I somehow fuck this up, I will never forgive myself. <laughs> I'm with Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller, like I gotta show up, and show up meant just like listening and committing, it, it, like that, like my life <laughs> depended on it because it did, and and it was that part. I'm playing this high strung, nervous. You know, he reacts like that, jumpy. He's All like right. a fucking rabbit, and I felt that way. So same with Galaxy Quest, it was like I was genuinely. It's it, what you were saying earlier and it was so flattering in the beginning. I found myself and so kind, and I like admire you so much that it would ma- it was making me emotional, and I and I fought against crying, but I realized I was thinking about acting as you were talking about. And I realized well, acting is just kind of leaning into it the other way. So what if do I you mean the other way, well, if I want to, if if in that scene I'm supposed to be crying, I'm supposed to be I, emotional, or I want to show the audience or whatever that I'm emotional I would have just leaned into that a little right, bit right, right. you know but it's just what listening. what do you do do you it's just listening.
1: Is that all it is? Yeah. But I mean, but, but all right. But in the instance of here, it's easy because I'm like saying a bunch of nice things. Right. How do you do it in a scene where they're not well, off camera going? You have like, to trust those. He's a great actor and <laughs> fucking he
2: saved my ass in a movie and blah, blah, blah. You either have to do it yourself. I you have to think of, of moments like that or moment people I met things. That what are, do
1: you go to when you need to get um,
2: sad? See, Tusk was different because I, I had no, I try to, to just use what's in front of me. uh uh, uh, so it you know obviously it'd be easiest now to do a scene with you where we're just like smoking and talking right right, right. but i i but with tusk i had no frame of reference i had i had never been in that position (laughs) and i and i had never been but i have been scared and i have been so i tried to think of things and i've been emotional about things so i tried to Think of things that were, were as gruesome as I could imagine. And you know, I just tried, it's, like you said, about playing. It's, you imagine, it's using, you're using your imagination, which is why I love kids now. I love like talking to kids because it's just, it's at its purest love. I love doing this because right, at its purest level, we're just thinking of shit to say.
1: Uh, which is what you're fucking good at. You bring that to the table
2: in performance even, man.
1: Like, do you get uh, to add everything?
2: It means, a, well it depends, I suppose like this thing. Um, no, I'm certainly not in a play. You can't play. And that's hard for me. Set? Really? Is it's that hard. To oh not man.
1: Add shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that you can't, it's dangerous in a play. Yeah, like if a if movie, it's Chekhov or add. something, it's
2: like, I'm not tempted to like, I'm not going to improve on that, right. but like there, I just did a play. It was a new play and, and it was a work in progress. You know, we were right up until the first performance, we were changing shit. And, and, and it was weird to me that like, now that it's on its feet, then we're not in the room with a writer we can't change it now now it's locked right you know and it, and it was there oh yeah there were moments where i was like oh in fact sometimes sometimes i gave myself over to like little moments where i'd throw in something and it's just not cool to do in the theater for the other actors well that that but also out of respect to the writer you really know? yeah yeah what, i mean who like well i'm a writer and
1: i'm like hey fucking say anything uh, you want in my movie
2: i know some are fine some i'm sure would the, i don't know there's something different about the text being like i, I would think the bigger
1: powerful is if you're in a scene with somebody and they're like theatrical acting's live performance acting is very cue based it's like you finish your line i yeah. gotta say my line Whereas yeah. on a movie like that all gets edited so you could have long gaps you can right. like sit there and think about <laughs> right. your response before you say something but in a play it's got to go fucking that's fast and true. everybody has to be predictive of what the text is going to be so yeah. if you start going like throwing in one-liners and shit
2: yeah you have to do you the ruin the rhythm.
1: rhythm or you have to do it within your chunk of dialogue. exactly oh yeah of and course. it has to begin the same way and end the same way and the only place you really get to ad-lib is within the middle of what you're saying because otherwise you fucked up the next cue that's true so that's the danger that's true bear. but I, 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 I'm i sure they do it I'm sure some people fucking you know well, like you know the National Lampoon when they used to do lemmings and stuff Yeah, I'm sure there's a structure but you also get to go on flights of fancy and whatnot
2: I, I worked with an actress who used to leave the um, the take she didn't like she didn't like ad-libbing either she uh, would leave the take she would leave she would just walk away if it was my coverage you know she would just walk up or, or she would leave hers maybe they'd bring the double in it was bad it was bad. And it was a movie where they encouraged me to, to improvise because it wasn't a great script. So your movies are different. Your movies are the best places to improvise from because it, the script is so strong. So you're going off. So it's only, you know that safety net is like, oh, I'm only make, this could only be like better because I know he's not going to use it. and it's not. So it gives you this freedom to like explore a little bit more. Is
1: actor or actress? I'm not going to pressure for the identity until the show oh. is over, but <laughs> I need to know some details. Oh. Older, younger,
2: younger, much younger. She was young too. I'm playing this. I'm playing her love interest. I'm probably figuring it out, but I'm playing her love interest, and she's also 18. Well, wasn't Blake? Um, Blake was a, a, joy, but uh, yeah, she was tough, and she was tough because she got to be tough. Um, they they spoiled her. Everyone spoiled her, and I saw the moment. And there were big actors in this movie. they were, you know, and uh, I remember the the moment where I knew she was kind of fucked was when this producer. And this guy, I'm not going to say his name, Is, pretty, is you know. he kind of talked like this, hunched over, looked a little like Monty Burns. He, um, but, but it was tough. Was t- and, you know, I put, had power and, and wielded it, um, you know, in kind of an obnoxious way. He went in, he goes, you know, I'm gonna, people have been complaining about this actress not showing up. To set, you know, we're waiting hours, this crew's in the sun we're out in Fontana. And F- Mike said, the uh, producer said, I'm going to go talk to her. And I'm, I'm going to straighten things out, you know. And he goes in, comes out looks like he's seen a ghost. And, uh, and I got to know this person's assistant. And, and I said to the assistant, what, what happened? And because the actress came out, she goes, I pretended I didn't know what was going on. And the actress goes, he, we just had a talk. And there were some things that I wanted to get straight because, you know, that I show up to set and I got to wait five, ten minutes. And it's bullshit. And I'm done with it. And he gets it now. And he, I said, that's what you're talking about? <laughs> and she goes, yep. And I was corroborated by her assistant. So this guy, this producer went in there with a head of steam. I'm going to straighten this like she was 18, Right, straighten her out. And he comes out, tail between the legs, this like 55 year old man, oh. just neutered, you know? And she, I, that's when I thought, oh, this person's fucked. How do you ever recover from that? How do you ever be a normal? How do you, how are you ever normal again? Right you know, it's sad that this business can do that to people. I mean, we've worked with people like that.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm like, wait, this was a girl. Yeah, it was, but, sad, but I, but there was similar, dude.
2: similar, similar yeah. behavior. And, uh, that you
1: know, it's so weird to tamp down the, one of the things you do absolutely best. Like it's crazy. It's, it's like hiring.
0: Who's a nice, great yeah.
1: boxer. Who's the Floyd Merriweather. Is that a, he's the, uh, champ? is it Mayweather.
2: I can't believe I know that.
1: It'd be like, you know, hiring him to uh, box and then being like, "Hold on," and then tying. Well, that's how I feel behind his back.
2: Well, well, that's how I feel like with the podcasting. I'm like, oh, I'll I'll do the the talking here. I feel that a bit with you now. <laughs> like, hold on a second. It's true, right? It's true. <laughs> Let me get that. You know, you're uh, that's what you do. I mean, you do that better than you know, you're a storyteller. Um, but but I enjoy it. I do enjoy it as well, and I and I really enjoy ad libbing and and to not be able to do that for me, it's not like I'm not, I don't think. Why would you, you know, there's, this could be good. There's some stuff in here that we might use for the bet I think about the thing, the thing that we're both doing this movie that can only be, it might not work. And if somebody's just running their mouth and it's like that, no one likes that. That's no fun. But that's up to the director to be like, but why would you not just take the chance? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just,
1: because there fear, there's a fear reaction to it. Like mm-hmm. in the case of, like, I didn't see it on, uh, or it was there. I just didn't see it on the live or or die yeah. Hard. but on cop out, yeah. you yeah, tell that like once Tracy started ad libbing, like Bruce was just like, I don't want to do this. <sighs> like he couldn't? It's such a. It's like such I, a. It's unfair to say he couldn't keep up because who the fuck could keep up with Tracy? But don't Morgan, try but just, to keep up. Just just, just, just volley. Do it. Just be his
2: volley partner. Just Bang. Like, like, Lob him back to him. Just set him up. He's he's. It,
1: it's just all content, and and you know, don't judge whether
2: it's i love saying
1: guys up yeah now, but it's like because that's for the editor to say yeah what, what works what doesn't
2: i love even doing off-camera stuff and feeding i love to feed i love assisting I mean, especially with like are
1: off camera is fucking funny too and but, sometimes irritating because you're like fuck now we got to turn around and put that on camera
2: but <laughs> but like like you see you're talking about with seth it was fun to just like throw you know i like it's like watching my batting practice and i don't get if you're in this business and we were the way you were talking about actors it made me for the first time really realize how lucky i i mean it hit me in a way that it hasn't before how lucky we are to get to be able to do this if it's just a play they
1: pretend for the living a fucking hustle of a lifetime bro <laughs> i've it always known that stop this shit in childhood <laughs> yeah and everybody else does, i never thought of it a that percentage way percentage of people
2: in this yeah. world that just we get go to like, play let's keep, see if we can keep
1: this fucking going
2: i know it's a scam it's a hustle. i know i mean i have those moments where like and there are some that are ridiculous like there's some where i'm like this is ridiculous i can't believe i get, like time i'm wearing that suit and tusk i'm like yes. well, this is crazy that this is like something that i am doing for a living <laughs> you know but for, one for of my favorite is, moments of stoner's mad creation
1: was was you in that suit and we were you were on the little island in the walrus enclave and uh which was essentially an above ground pool mm-hmm. that you know yeah we put a top over and stuff and so he, Justin's in the suit. And the suit, how how he got into the suit was like, it was two pieces. One, he had to sit in the makeup chair for a couple hours mm-hmm. in the morning to do the face, and the face had a cowl like affair to it. Like if you looked at the back of Justin's head, you'd see his head and hair because the back of the mask was kind of a cowl. Yeah. And so he would then go through the like the anus of the fucking walrus. <laughs> yes. And they he- lubed it up. I mean, it was. <laughs> and he, it was consensual. And he, once inside, it was described as like he was laying on like a yoga ball, like a, uh-huh. one of those big round balls that you yeah. sit on and be yeah. a chair. So inside the suit, he was kind of on his knees but bent over this yoga ball. Yeah. And then he put his head through the hole in the body, and, you know, near the neck, and then the. Well, the cowl most genius thing. Would t- fasten to, to the
2: outfit. We'll say the most genius thing was that in order to get the cowl through the, the hole, they of course couldn't have the tusks in. So fucking Bob Kurtzman, mm-hmm. mad, speaking of mad geniuses. Really? He devised this thing where there were little magnets, and they would, those
1: tusks were magnetized.
2: Yeah, so they could pop. So they we wouldn't have them on until I through, uh, pop through I'd pop through and they pop them on.
1: So he didn't have to like. We're gonna build this into the fucking makeup <laughs> so bed smart. to build the studs. Fucking wicked, smart. So they fasten this thing, and boom, he's in it. And then he's what you saw in the movie. So at one point, we were going to lunch. And, you know, it was like an hour. And I was like, uh, Justin, man, you want to, you know, I was the last guy to talk to him. And he'd probably communicated this to others, probably the people who's like Kurtzman and crew. Uh-huh. But I see him up there still in the suit. Everyone's leaving. I'm like, they fucking forget this guy. And I was like, Justin, you, you, did they forget you? And he goes, no, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to hang out. And I was like, Are you sure? And he was like, Yeah, man, it takes a long time to get in and out of the costume. So I'm just gonna sit here and nap and stuff. And I was like, Bro, are you sure you don't want to get out? And he goes, You know, when I read this script and said yes to being in it, I knew at some point I was gonna be in this situation. So I'm okay with it.
2: It wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> it also helped I mean being in that thing also. I have to be in such a state of, like, turmoil that, it, again, talking about, like, leaning into something, I did have, I, I get claustrophobic and fucking, I, it, the lack of control for me is really scary that I can't, and so I've started, you just allow yourself to feel those things a little bit more and just kind of, like, lean into them. Uh, that was it was fucking example.
1: brave, dude. Like, you know how an actor, people say, oh, that was brave what they did was brave and if you try to describe that to a normal person they're like and what part of getting well, paid to make pretend
2: is brave? i know i was just saying that about rickman i thought what rickman did in that movie was fucking brave
1: that being said yeah it's what you did in tusk just being in tusk was fucking
2: brave. <laughs> that was true bravery once more run to the pre oh my good god
1: that is a performance a commitment to performance <laughs> like you well i was
2: so i was still you know i was so excited to do it i i didn't i didn't really have i mean that those reservations you were talking about earlier that's like story stuff that the fact that you turned that around in a couple days so you still can't believe i remember leaving that well
1: also i was like i needed to secure you too so it's like i I don't Uh, want you going like you know what uh, two more people read it and said what are you dumb no
2: like i I knew even if it didn't work it was it's you you make I I've been a fan of yours for so long. It's also, I knew it wasn't going to be bad. It would at least be something like it it would be either like, uh, It would be not, it'd be something that people would at least talk about. It'd be a value. Even if people were like, that thing sucks.
1: It'd be like, yeah, it'd
2: be like, what sucked about it. Oh, it was, like, crazy, like, unbelievable, whatever. But they wouldn't be like, it's a... I don't think it's... It, you can say it's a bad movie. No, it's a fantastic bad movie. I'm not saying fantastic,
1: meaning I'm great at my job. It's a dumb movie. It's you, can, you can say it's a dumb movie. fantastic, yeah. meaning the definition of fantastic, <laughs> meaning... Yeah. That is fantasy. It is fucking unreal.
2: And you know what's funny, of all the movies I've ever done, when people now it's you know when you make something and and it has this like life outside of you now. Now it's like age is like fine one if you're lucky. Yeah. But it but it's just a thing now to people. So it's like a thing that was so personal to you is now just of an opinion that somebody has so you know you give it up i guess as much as you can yes but but um it's it's funny to kind of gauge people's opinions now of that thing that was so personal to you that you fucking worked your ass off on and it's usually some version of this oh dude oh and that movie tusk you did <sighs> dude <laughs> that movie you know do you know what i'm talking about it's like this vague they don't know if they like it. they just know that they remember it and it's fucking not they can't talk about it. they don't know what to say about it it's i don't think they think it's a good movie or a bad it's just this it's always some version of this and they're excited they're it's like a dude tusk. experience yeah and i'm always like i know like, i don't know how to respond yeah dude tusk dude that shit pfft, what it has this,
1: <laughs> this amazing life like after its life, of course, you know that was always a movie that we knew we were making a cult film and stuff. And because we were with A twenty
2: four, I was like holy shit, this might actually fucking well, work. Well, that gave me confidence too. Uh, that that gave me confidence beyond the like, oh, this will be like a delicious like bur- like dumpster fire. Right,
1: right. This like, will be like a
2: really fun it'll like be thing. To, to, dumpster I, fire. We talked about that like going down in like a, we're going to go down on this thing. If we're going to go down, let's fucking have fun and yes. like go down in, like a memorable way.
1: And it, that movie is memorable like you'll <laughs> yeah. never forget Tusk. Yeah, I mean, like and yeah. whether you like it or not exactly. that's not saying it's exactly. good. it's just saying like it fucking it's it makes an impact i, I like getting the people that, that love it oh my god are religious about it and yeah there are now more than there were when we actually put the movie out and stuff like that on video or you know and like everything i've ever done on video it finds its true audience mm-hmm. but when that started streaming and stuff like first it was on amazon for like a year or two years and then when it went to netflix I uh-huh. it's like second or third fucking round huh. of people being like, holy fuck, huh. dude, I just watched this fucking movie.
2: Well, you know what's funny? When people say they, they like it or they say something remote that I can, I read into it, positivity into it. I, I take it very personally. I, I really appreciate it in a way that I don't. Some of those other movies, it's like, with Die Hard people say, or, or Dodgeball people are very nice about die, Dodgeball. People like Dodgeball mm. and they'll say, oh man, I love that movie. I don't take it nearly as personally. It's it's i I love that movie. I love being that that I got to be in that movie. But I don't have any sense that I like had such a great contribution to that movie that I would take credit in any way for dodgeball, right, you know. Right, right. But with Tusk, I do. I felt like I was a, a part of something. And you fleshed I have out. To tell you, you
1: made that character like he was at best on paper very two dimensional. But and you turned him into that's a human nice. Being so that by the time that movie ends. And you see you buried in fucking rubber well, with uh, magnetic tusks on your face, uh, roll a tear <laughs> and back into your little fucking hovel. And people like, people watching that movie have this weird well, emotional experience where they don't know whether to cry or laugh and Right. So you get right, both and shit. Right, right. But for my mother, my mother cried. watching yeah. it. not because like my son destroyed his career, but because <laughs> I talked to her afterwards. Once, as soon as the credits rolled, I saw her from like the other room crying. I said, "Oh my god, mom, are you crying?" And she's going, she goes, "That poor animal." But
2: oh man, that's amazing. But buddy, that's fear. That's my fear but of she, you had become the animal for her. That's like, amazing. Like that. That's was, so cool. Like how tr- crazy. And I'm like, you know him. It's Justin. Mom. That's crazy. You know, but 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 th- the fear in that was like exponential because it's like if you don't commit to that oh my god you, it's it's not only it's not only bad but it's like potentially like epically bad yeah it's potentially like people are gonna talk people are gonna t- talk about how bad this is now, uh i'm gonna go you one further because yeah it's fucking magic that And I feel that about you, too. I mean, you committed to that. You shot it in a way that was like, I'm making up. This is a Vincent Price. This is like a creepy. I I believed in that movie. I was just like, look,
1: we just have to present it as earnestly. as Exactly. Like, we all can't wink. It's a joke. Yeah. You know, somewhere in here, there's a joke. But like, we're presenting this as if it's coldly
2: logical. That's why the Johnny Depp character, I think people had issues with you yeah, know and like, i think this all made sense <laughs> until then <laughs> yeah until so this guy and johnny w's johnny brilliant he's a great actor but he's shown up with this like kind of like, lazy i think that like was fucking brilliant it, he's committing in such a fun way but it's a tonally you could argue it's a
1: total shift <laughs> yeah. but uh, yes in the audience in retrospect like for me that was like oh, well it's all part of the dna of the podcast and mm-hmm, stuff but mm-hmm. also more importantly i was like this is relentlessly gloomy. We need yes, the yes. breather. Yeah. And there was a, you know, remember, we yeah. made Tusk in North Carolina, but we didn't shoot Johnny until right, in out in LA, and that was months later. So, everybody right. watched, like, a one-hour version of Tusk, which was
2: relentlessly fucking gloomy yeah. by the end yeah. of the movie. And, we well, like, the lead the character fuck? can't, at a certain point, Doesn't one of your two leads can't speak. Yes. <laughs>
0: so, that's an ending a <laughs> little bit.
1: But then, the Gila Point stuff was like, a breather and like and it is in completely left right turn. yeah and also he's not listed in the credits right. and you don't even know unless you know and then you know 20 minutes maybe i'm not even two minutes <laughs> into the performance that? yes you start yeah. going who is this and then yeah five it's really minutes fun. In, if you don't know you're like i think that's that <laughs> yeah fucking johnny
2: Depp? yeah so it's then, a testament uh, to his acting but also that makeup was fucking great
1: but the um but here's the fucking, uh, the meat of it, man. Like, as fucking brave as it was, and it, it's one of the true performances, Oliver will agree, is fucking absolutely brave. Because, oh, good God, it required a lot can't of Can't take guts it on board, do. but thank you. The, the only thing braver than that is when a motherfucker takes their clothes off in front of a camera. Because right. then you're flat out naked. That <laughs> yeah, to me is yeah, fucking brave. Yeah. But, like, saying, I'm going to risk my you know, I did that once career in rap. Did you?
2: With, uh, they cut it from, the movie I don't know what movie well I was in go- this movie going the distance that i was doing with uh barrymore. drew barrymore and and they didn't put it in the movie no they didn't they didn't when you saw the movie were you like what the fuck no i knew I they weren't going to- <laughs> yeah, no they weren't going to and i'm sort of glad they didn't because i that's to have that i don't know i my mother that was a point my mother too was like because i remember telling her that they they were maybe going to use it and she that like your mom was like what the fuck yeah catholic might as
1: well suck dick and porn justin (laughs) yeah well you know what
2: (laughs) i i I remember having this long talk with her about trying to make the distinction and she is much more on that end of the spectrum thinking like you show your dick in a movie that's tantamount to sucking a dick on, on film yeah
1: jen my wife's grandmother um Used to introduce me to her friends is like this is my granddaughter's husband. He's a pornographer. Oh my god! And that was just because we cursed in movies. Oh well, yeah, because we talked yeah. about sex.
2: It's that level, and 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 to, and that's embarrassing to me. I wouldn't want my mother. You know, my you know, I wouldn't want um, the uh, all right. But anyway, on. that's Take that's another two hours. <laughs> I know we'll do that on your show. Yeah,
1: which we're almost gonna hand over to. But before um, we do, I want to bring it full circle. To where I was talking about at the start. God, as time just flew props, by, huh? Oh God, holy this shit! This its a fucking oh it's a time. God.
2: It's like we have a. <sighs>
1: the you're obviously come back tomorrow. Yeah, you yeah, okay. Um, as as brave and as wonderful as uh, it seems on the surface that you were to do Tusk, um, and what a great performance you gave and shit like that. The, the what people don't know. Is that the conditions under which we made Tusk? uh, It was low budget, but not like this is fucking horrible. Uh, The conditions under which we made Tusk, uh, Michael Parks, who was fucking brilliant in the movie and was brilliant in Red State, was brilliant in everything he did. Mm. Michael had gone through like a stroke Mm. that had scrambled him right Mm -hmm. prior to us making Tusk.
2: Yeah, and when he came to Tusk did you know that you knew that i had no idea. you didn't know i mean right, i knew right,
1: he'd right. had like a you know a health thing but i didn't know that it was debilitating
2: i had me. heard some vague health
1: thing that, yeah same thing yeah. and i'd spoken to parks like not long before he came over the house and stuff and i was like hey this is what we're gonna do here's a script blah 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 but uh james his son told me later on like after we were done with the movie he's like when he went off to you we didn't know what was going to happen because he he wasn't being able to piece sentences together huh. He was coming out of a stroke. God, imagine coming out of a stroke and having to memorize the first 30 pages of Tusk, which is pretty much that guy. Once you come into the scene with him, once he comes into the scene, rather with you, he's listening. I just listened to monologue, fucking like 10 pages of
2: monologue after monologue after monologue. Who is that based on? (laughs) Yeah. I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) No matter how I wrote that. Um, (laughs) so he
1: was. He, we, and I didn't know this, and I wouldn't know this till after the movie. Um, I just thought, you know. He's old. Yeah, there was a degree of like, well, Michael is 72. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. so, you know, and I'd worked with him five years prior on Red State, and five years makes a mixed difference. Mm-hmm. But not knowing that, knowing later, it's like, good God. J- James' son later on said, he was like, I honestly feel like your movie was the absolute best post-stroke therapy for the mm. man because it forced his brain to work yeah. the way it needed yeah. to the synapses
2: refired because he had kind to memorize of, things yeah awaken control. certain things muscles that he needed muscle to use. memory yeah. started
1: coming back so he was like the same way that uh, you know the, somebody who lost the power to walk they slowly rehabilitate oh, wow. him back he was like that movie forced his brain to work again and i i saw when it happened like yeah. i saw it happen when we started that movie that's where tusk was and he uh, that's where um, parks was and he didn't share it with anybody so mm. nobody knew like michael might need more help last time i worked with him he was the genius yeah. of the guy who did red state and stuff and he didn't present like he'd been laid back in any sort of way or Shit, put, yeah. put, or you know maybe wasn't able to perform up to task so justin as you hear is like wonderfully friendly and shit like that and he knows he's going to spend a bunch of time with this cat and he's seen this cat in another movie or two and stuff and knew yeah like, oh my really God, i'm gonna work him. with this yeah. guy <clears throat> and so justin comes in like uh, justin ball friendly and fucking hey we're gonna get to make a movie
2: <laughs> hey guys <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> or in the drew barrymore voice hey everyone this is gonna be so <laughs> fun i can't wait to oh dive God. in it would have been amazing for her to face off against fucking oh parks oh she would have been patient she has the patience of a in as an actress very generous very patient I, it, more so than me she would have done it. really yeah because you were the she would have been Mark's encouraging with him I and he would have been a drag he would have been it would have been great for he would
1: have got she should have played that part she should have now that i think about it <laughs> he would have got
2: so you're doing so you beautifully so,
1: she would have we would've gotten so much more out of him, <laughs> oh, talking, simply cause like, it simply because he would have seen Um, Justin, like, met a version of Parks who was obviously struggling because he'd just gone Mm -hmm. through a stroke. And that version of Parks uh, also was, even stroke or not, Parks is a fucking actor. Mm. And there's a script, and you make those words fucking sing, and that's that. And, you know, if he wants to change things around, he'll tell you in advance. So for Justin to be the ad-libber, that's mm-hmm. like, right. You add that to the fire, the already burning fire. Like, Oh my God. I can't even fucking memorize all this dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I am sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this guy's going to say things that aren't in the fucking script. Package all that together. And Parks for the first week of the show was fairly cold to Justin, mm-hmm. if not combative. Yeah. It was it was a tough first fucking. It was week. tough,
2: and I and he, and I remember yeah. you
1: being like like upset at one point
2: where you were like he's just. I never took it personally, but it was it was upsetting only because I knew it would have made our job easier. And but then I thought maybe not, because I've heard stories, actor friends. I've never encountered it quite like this. Maybe he's just doing a th- method that He wants to stay away. He knows. But it, it didn't make as much sense because at this point in the story, he's supposed to be really charming. He's supposed to charm me. Right. That's the whole. That's how he catches me. Right. So that didn't make as much sense. But but I, but you know, I've worked with other actors. One in particular, in the who an old actor who had a, a hard time with lines. And, and um, I've noticed they go older actors who who struggle with lines go one of two ways. Either they take it on and it's heartbreaking you know and they go i'm so sorry i had tried you know and they admit fault or they look around and they blame other people and it's equally heartbreaking
1: that was parks barking yeah. at the scripty the scripty took I mean, a lot of shit in the I, first few days i he saw like yeah
2: line and yeah. he'd start saying the line and he'd be like ah i fucking not shy yeah <laughs> i mean it was but it's it's but Again, it was an anger was like, that came from a sadness probably of losing that ability. When you're that good at something, I, I it, would, it would make me so upset. Imagine,
1: if, and here, I'll, if I'll just put it down to this. you, know, Everyone, you know, most people just that good, but know how do. to drive a car. Right. Imagine if suddenly you didn't remember how to drive the car. And you love driving. And you're fucking known, and you've never gotten You're an Mario and Andretti. It. Yes. Yeah. But like the idea of like, wait, we're
2: where's this go where right. how does this Ugh. what goes first and terrifying it's, it's, i saw you could see, so terror you could in see it eyes. you could see it but
1: i again i didn't know mm-hmm. it until I, after yeah. the movie was yeah. done but like i yeah. just confused it too with like
2: jesus parks is taking this pretty far in terms of like not being well nice to Justin. you know i didn't know it i didn't know it until i saw a twinkle in his eye when he would when he was on for other scenes mm-hmm. like the one where where he fucking t- he tells me where i see the leg well that was went, the, like the, that was he was on he was pre- he was like and I, you could see and that's when i knew like we had been missing a twinkle earlier but probably you know he was just trying to get through all that dial yeah but yeah. his his uh still believable and grounded and like so uh, riveting to listen to
1: you it was the last day of week one
2: we we're shooting the scene where they're both in wheelchairs
1: and Justin uh-huh. finds out he's missing a leg and stuff. And it's one of the most twisted scenes in a very twisted movie. Mm. Like the audience is fine. Like the information Parks' character is giving makes no fucking sense. And we're perceiving it the same way that mm-hmm. Justin's perceiving it, who's coming out right, of a drug what? induced haze and like. A spider bit him and somehow yeah. he's managed to lose his yeah. leg. Like, and he's looking at a lost leg. And
2: kind of, I remember his performance, Joseph's oh
1: my God, my leg is not. Like,
2: it was just well, you so know, fucking authentic. You know, Parks, you know, it wasn't scripted that he sh- should laugh. This is what I'm getting to. Oh, sorry. So enough. we're
1: getting, no words. So the Parks, we're in rehearsal. What a big mouth I have. No. You name uh, me, name Not at <laughs> all. You're the camera it. I've told the story so many times. We're in rehearsal. And Parks, again, all week has been very stoic, like enough. Tough, tough nut to crack. Very tough. Yeah. Won't, won't talk to Justin. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing a rehearsal on this scene and Justin does a version of his performance, like pre- essentially a preview of what he's going to do and not like, Hey guys, look what I'm planning, but just like we were rehearsing. Sure, so he yeah. was doing it. And Parks like would break up laughing. At Justin's reactions, like Justin's, Oh my God. My leg is-. Like it, you could see parks cracking up and he fucking dug it and shit. So I was like, that's weird. So when we were ready to go for our take, I pulled over Justin and I was like, lean into making him
2: laugh it's such a great note one just, of the best notes whatever he,
1: you do just keep it going if you see him cragging up just that's, eat it.
2: that's and, a guy who has the bigger picture that's the guy who's looking at the whole movie it
1: just seemed to work that's like, like
2: a really a real director moment we're like i would never have thought to like it, get him to do that he it seems so wrong that
1: sparkle you were talking about yeah like no you you're right no, no, it, no, yeah. but, and more importantly it's he lit like, up he was pre- such a creepy old character yeah. that the laughing looks well, like it's will ri- make the
2: scene even it's rickman worse. it's rickman eating a sandwich yeah yeah just it's where his, he's giggling his sandwich
1: and his yeah. him laughing at while trying to tell the spider story is predicated <laughs> on a real he's not that's not a, i mean he's I ju- I, I, but I, he he's cracking I, up laughing because justin made him fucking laugh with as justin tried to cognize his care as justin's character is trying to cognize how the fuck he lost a limb to a spider like none of this information is, yeah. is making sense. And he's going from horror to baffled confusion and shit like that. I, I, everyone Parks loved it and would just crack up and shit I, and try to manage to get through his giggles <laughs> to finish his line. And it made it even creepier.
2: The, the, uh, the, the only thing people say harder than than crying in a movie is laughing in a movie. La- and I, I truly believe that. Laughing, to, uh, to have an authentic laugh like that, like a guffaw, is so fucking hard. So sometimes when I see it, if I see it done well, I really notice it. And, and I just did this play where I had to laugh. I had to crack up at, at the expense of this woman and... The, the, on whose side the audience was all on you know they were all on her side So we're, my friend and I are laughing at her, and it was the hardest thing one of the hardest acting challenges I've ever had is to maintain that uh, authentic laugh so when you cut in and Parks you know I think pa- I couldn't t- this is how good Parks was I couldn't tell if he was at one point really cracking up or he was acting
1: he was cracking up forever cracking really? up in that sequence but, None but of see, that isn't that example was, of, i know his fake laugh oh really <laughs> and that was and that was him genuinely okay. titillated by you, but never breaking character but he also but isn't that was that the an time example? he also allowed you to he, It's not like he never disallowed justin to ad-lib he wasn't like Bruce. oh but he <laughs> he leaned into it yeah where he would bandy back that's true generally that's in like true. the first few days oh, that was around so the fireplace like whenever justin would go on a flight of fancy yeah, yeah. michael wouldn't lean into it. he would just fun. be like well and move back I, to his I, dialogue
2: yeah oh, but I love in that. the that room he would play with yeah justin. yeah and he was so good he was so he, and he'd be he, just it's <laughs> like who is this doctor? Will you call him? No, no. And he, 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 why? What happened? And th- that's an example of the joy in setting somebody up. I had that joy with Seth. I have had it with Jake Johnson on New Girl. I have that joy with Michael setting him up for w- what happened to the phones? And, yes. and getting to watch him come up with they, uh, smashed on the ground and, and it was the perfect scenario to do that because he's supposed to be making this shit up and the funnier, the, the worse the lie sounds the funnier it is
1: and it just made the scene
2: even yeah. yeah. Like, oh
1: it just made it fucking magic yeah, that so was I remember joy. after the, we did the Ugh. first
2: like fucking full take and we
1: went through it and stuff, you know he was a smoker and so yeah. we went out on the fucking patio to smoke and Justin was out there and the two of them were leaning on the fucking uh, awning or not the on the railing of this patio and so fully fucking engaged in yeah. conversation, like in the way that it was like, oh, my God, this is 180 fucking degrees. And yeah. it was because he fell in love with the kids performance right in that moment. Yeah. So I was, of course, I cut while we're making the movie. And so Parks watched shit that weekend. Uh, I showed him everything I'd cut, which was a lot of shit without Parks with Justin. Uh, And Park said right away, he watches all the footage and he's some of the stuff with you as well. And he goes, That boy's gonna win awards. He's (laughs) going, That that kid is Oscar caliber You know, I I life like He went from a non fan, bro, to mm. like the biggest Justin
2: Long fan. That's crazy. And it
1: was it flipped the script of what it was because in the script he s- starts as this charming, come into my parlor, sp- said the spider to the fly, mm-hmm. and then becomes this cruel man who takes away your appendages and then becomes loving once you're a fucking walrus. Yeah. And he was kind of the reverse. He started cold on you uh-huh. and went warm. I guess he, he, he it's like that scene, in, if you could borrow from the movie, like he, he was able to love you once he turned you into a walrus. That scene where you made him laugh Mm. was you.
2: He respected. I mean, there was turning into a walrus. That's what he was like. I like this now. I think looking back at what what I I so appreciate about that memory and and why I'm like I have such gratitude to you for putting me and giving me the opportunity to even create that memory. Like I, I really that that's something I'll never forget. And like Michael's gone now, and I have that moment. I like I'll never forget that moment it meant a lot to me so I appreciate that but but I um but he I I I think more than that it was just he he's such a he's such an actor I think he's that guy's so identified as being an actor um and, and, and it was something he was, had, had found value in that to meet somebody who could play with him and he and, and who he maybe even res- had respect for. Right. That meant so much to him. And that in turn meant so much to me that, this guy, that I would be in that position with this you, guy. You literally earned his respect.
1: If it was a movie, like the third act was that
2: fucking yeah. scene because- from then on he opened up he told me in fact very deeply personal like told me things about himself that fully explained why his reaction to me was was the way it was originally why he came at it in in the way he did because he has gone through so much in his life i know that guy's been through now and it made me have so much more empathy for that so now my memories of that i remember like at the end of those first couple of days that movie was shaping up to be. I would say, when I look back at it, oh, this is gonna be a bad experience. Like, not a bad one. I love Kevin and I love the crew, but oh, a but trying you were one. T- you
1: were eating so much shit from him. A, a
2: trying one, and he like, wasn't
1: like. And, and to to define the shit that he was eating, it wasn't like he was. He just he was so cold to Justin. Like acting is, you know, it's fucking. It, you're playing tennis, but that I don't
2: right? mind. That I don't mind. It's the it's the sense of fear that is created when somebody. When, when when that energy p- permeates a set, you yeah. know, it's like it, it's not fun for anyone. And you're looking around, and everyone's tense. And and who's he gonna yell at? And like wh- that. And it's like, fuck, man, we're all in North Carolina making a, a walrus movie. This should be fun. Right, right. That's what bummed me out. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true that, that we have to walk on eggshells because like the guy can't because he can't remember because he's angry right. and upset, he's upset. But I, but like I said, once I got to know him those memories even saying it I, I i i they take on a whole new form that I, I now see him i saw him in a much more empathetic way which is he was struggling and now knowing what he was dealing with Right. health wise of that, fuck that he man. was coming out of a place the fact where, that he like, was in the, even there i like or
1: J- as james pointed out irresponsible, irresponsible like, yes. not bad that we sent <laughs> yeah. it to you like this but yeah. you, you seem to really want to make your movie <laughs> and Yeah, was like, he must
2: know. have really when you think about it he must have really he knows as an actor you got to let people know if you have some cognitive issue you gotta, he must have really really wanted to be in your movie. god yes and he also like you know to be fair it was a huge. He wrote him a great part, part. Yeah, uh, and he yeah, was he, just he,
1: like, and he knew that too. That was of course. No, that's what I'm saying. Of like, of course, oh my God. Like, Kevin as much Null. as he wanted to, no, I'm saying, as much as he wanted to, like maybe respect his health issue, right? He was like, I will never get another part like this. That's a huge so I'm compliment. i fucking work yeah. through
2: it. Yeah, but I get it. You saved him, dude. Like honestly, like, and that means he's an act. He is. You know, when people say that out there, Sam Rockwell to me is an actor. Michael Parks is an actor. Yeah. I. I think of myself, and I can't wait to talk to you about this as like, that's what's been interesting about doing the podcast. Like, I don't identify, that's why maybe I, I, I br- balked a little bit at or bristled at, at like movie star, cause I don't identify really as, it's so completely as that thing. And, and it's, it's doing the podcast, it's nice cause it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I, it's fun doing other things, you know, I enjoy other parts of life. I think Michael and Sam Rockwell, these, I think these guys are actors but i can't imagine them doing anything else and they're
1: so well but you're in that fucking club bro i mean you just happen to do more comedy than
2: most but that's a that's a full scale like deeply flattering you do
1: more comedy than parks that's for (laughs) sure. well yeah but I. but he that's why he responded so well to you once he saw you instead it's like well, that's why I, I love watching dramatic
2: actors do when they get to do comedy finally, and they're just like, oh, wait, it's just being committed. It's just the same thing as drama. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just listening. I
1: look left instead of right.
2: <laughs> it's like Ray Fine. Have you seen Ray Fine in, um, is that Fine's? In, um, holy shit, in, in that Coen Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. so that. The- when he plays the, oh, the studio the movie guy it's one of the funniest performances i've ever seen it's from ray It's from the guy from schindler's list it, <laughs> it, it's, it's it's i it blows my mind how from the man who brought you amen gaff, gaff. <laughs> gaff. <Yeah. laughs> comes a wacky turn as a um you know, what is the podcast called a, a podcast is life is short life is short with justin long and that's so punished life is short, yeah long, so you get a oh, little I bit see yeah, it. yeah 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 yeah
1: now i get yeah, it was,
2: oh no i'm not leaving the puns at home
1: no that's my I, bread and I, honestly i'm so bad i didn't see the with justin long part because i'm like well of
2: course it's with justin
1: long but you need <laughs> yeah. to say the whole thing together. yeah yeah life we, is short with justin long I That could, is good
2: title. it was hard to come up with i that was the if you don't like the title i am not great it's the best we got
1: I, that's but I, that's what i love with, it, with all the mon- podcasting yeah. is
2: because it's so punk rock that
1: gets come up with like oh, a band name. It's I very much like audience. It's lo- like yeah. oral punk rock. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. punk rock without mm-hmm. without um, fucking instruments.
2: It's just all stripped out You're right. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- I even doing the ads. You know, we were reading these ads. I've been having fun doing that because yes. we they send us things. We get to go try them out and like talk about them. Um, that's it's been. A, and you've blind. heard
1: them your whole life. You've heard other people. Yes. Don't. Yeah. Once much, you're given the yeah. opportunity,
2: you're like, oh, I. I'm going to make this fun. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, um, it, yeah.
1: It is. Uh, how long have you been doing it so far? Uh,
2: almost as long as you, about six months. <laughs> <laughs> how many episodes? Uh, we So we have now like 16 or 17 done, uh, but we've launched, we've released three. We did Neil Patrick Harris uh it's hard to say neil patrick harris neil patrick harris uh olivia wilde and um and dax shepherd so i was on his and, and he was on olivia. And sam rockwell is this Olivia
1: wild is fucking
2: timely man she got that movie
1: coming uh, out this week it's so it's i can't wait so to good. see it yeah it's great and then rockwell is fucking now he's rockwell <laughs> which, which is weird name that you'd have to oh. explain to people like he's the guy you know the guy in safe men who's like sweet stash but, man yeah and then so uh, now Phoenix it's bro. like, yes, yeah. Now, now you're like, too. I mean, he's also mm-hmm. shared that scene with fucking Mark Ruffalo too, yeah. which is
2: really crazy. Same thing, Mark. It took a while for them. to, Oh, even after you can count them. But like Sam, for years we've been really close since Galaxy Quest, and um, he there were times and I, uh, there were times where like t- tourists in New York, you know, would, would hand the camera to Sam right. to take the picture with the, with the Mac guys. guy, and I, I remember I always would think, oh yeah, sure, and he never balked at it because he was, a, but. I would always think you, th- you. If you knew who was taking that photo, he's like one of the greatest American and actors. Years I,
1: later, they might be like, "Oh, the guy that won the Oscar that year." Yeah, didn't like yeah, the picture.
2: Yeah, he's, um, But even now, I think Sam doesn't get even like a, a year or so ago. I was with. um my my girlfriend at the time and, and uh who's scottish and we were going to see if she was in a, in a band and we were going to go see her show and her parents were there and uh i took sam and he had a beard at the time and kind of it was cold out he was bundled up and and uh my girlfriend's father was like uh was like kind of corralling sam sam kind of has that habit of like he's a little squirrely he'll like Run into the street, and he was saying, was like, "Oh, hey, they're selling nuts over there. I'll be right back." You know, just kind of like wander <laughs> off from the group. And um, and the next day, <laughs> my girlfriend's father, the nicest guy, this guy, in Glasgow, he said, "Um, I I, I heard uh, did you hear uh Sam Rock? He loves Sam Rockwell. Did you hear Sam Rockwell was in the audience?" And she and she goes, "Dad, I, I I heard it on Twitter that Sam Rockwell was there," and and she said, "But dad." He, what are you talking about? Sam was with us the whole time. We watched You watched the show with him. He goes, what? The squirrely guy with the beard who kept running into traffic? That was Sam Rockwell. Are you fucking kidding me? He couldn't believe it. He had been hanging out with him all night. And I think as Sam, I think, like, he's such... I hate... I know this word gets overused. He's such a chameleon. Right. But he is. He gives such different, thorough performances that, like... I can see why a guy would go. A fan of his would spend a night. i mean, granted it was dark inside, right? Um, but, but not
1: realize that
2: that, uh, that was yeah. And and he also he plays such imposing guy. You know he's played such that Sam. You meet him and he's just like, hey man, we should we should get a beer. You know he's just like a such a yeah. I don't know. I'm telling you right now, in a world where Sam Rockwell was finally
1: recognized with an Oscar,
2: yeah. Thank God you get one in this life. Oh. Totally,
1: man. You're fucking Rockwell good. You've been trained by. Some well, that of to best. me of like, all you've the compliments into like a fucking amazing craft. I've seen it at fucking work. I've seen Buddy. it in other movies and shit, but like. <laughs>
2: you are easily the most complimentary person to me. And I don't want to, I I'm I'm love I'm, Not alone on that. Believe me, I don't say, I don't
1: think I go, but that Justin Long wins an Oscar one day and the world goes, come on. It's not like I was no. like carrot top wins an Oscar one
2: day. To whoever is even remotely agreeing with you. Who's listening to this. I thank you. I, I t- to say that I'm, you know, in that company is, you know, Sam to me is like somebody I've always looked up to. So as are you. And so to be here with you, to be receiving a compliment from someone like you, uh, means a lot if there's any justice if there was an oscar for bravery bro no. you would have won it for Tusk. <laughs> Just telling you that right well now. it was a, a joy a, truly a, a joy of life for me
1: Um we're gonna go continue this conversation yeah. or a variation of this conversation we're <laughs> gonna continue talking over on life is short with justin long so there we're gonna make it easy for you man yeah uh if you want to hear more fucking this and let's give them something
2: tantalizing that we're going to go. Here you oh, go. Oh, yeah. What do Here we you got? Go. Um, tease. Is that what they call it in a podcast? A tease. Lead?
1: Over on Justin's show, over on Life is Short with Justin Long, I'll, I'll tell you about the day that Justin shot on the movie. And it's fucking It's funny. fun, But it's also, oh, uh, it tells the story about my great failing as, as a director. I <laughs> oh, can't wait. Um, there it is, folks. That has been a wonderful, magical episode of Smodcast. That's Smodcast
2: for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. Justin Long, oh man, we're you gonna go out like
1: that. I blew that's it. it goes. No, I fine. blew I'll the issue. You. <laughs> right, let's so get, get, give me a
2: second take. Yeah, this is
1: fucking. And I was just talking about how good you are, <laughs> and you are like, <laughs> I need one a take. Second one. Take. I was looking at my phone. This so, is, you know what? To be fair, God. this is the Justin take because that's what you do. You are like, I got everything I need. Justin, do you have anything you want to do? And he's like, Yeah, let's go one more. I've got some stuff, and that's when you do the twenty minute take, and it's all fucking fun and games and shit. So, this is the Justin take. That's
2: Modcast this week. I am Kevin Smith. You better shut off your podcast, or I'm gonna fuck it. And I'm Justin Long. Have a week. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.